I'm sure you haven't read this, so I shall... Oh, brother. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, February 21st, 2013. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 489er. This is No Agenda. With the first broadcast from the Travis Heights hideouts on the east side of South Congress in Austin, the capital of the drone star state in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where it's garbage day, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. And we're out of sync now because our garbage day is now Tuesday. Oh, that's yeah. a shame. Yeah, from the new Hacienda here. What do you think, Travis Heights hideout? Does that sound... Uh, I like it It's kind of good. It just came to me as I was doing, as I was opening the show. I had no idea what to do. You went into the zone. Yeah, Miss Mickey does not like cabana. <laughs> She's like... Yeah, she doesn't want you to be a cabana boy. Uh, well, no, no does that. I think she actually might like that. Hey, hey how am I sounding? I mean, is, is look at this. I, I can, uh, once again, I can do my nails. I can get a manicure, pedicure. Everything runs itself. It's all automated. It's beautiful. I've rebuilt the entire command center. Isn't it the same as the old command center? You didn't put any new gear. <laughs> no, well, I took some gear out, actually. Uh, I took out our big bottom. Uh, so we uh, we've removed that, um, and uh, and I rerouted things. I think I have a feeling I was I was routing things incorrectly, and just never really really realized it. And somehow it just kind of worked. It's like ah, whatever, don't mess with it. And there's and there used to be a very slight hum which I've removed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You had a hum. Yeah, oh. I had a, I had a, I had <laughs> a ground a loop. Or ground something. loop. Yeah, like a real problematic ground loop. And I haven't really had time to set up any of the the ham radio gear, but I did I, I did throw the antenna over the tree limb yesterday. Oh, that'll put the hum back in it. No, no, no. In fact, there's like no HF um, disturbance here because that's what I wanted to know. It's like, am I am I going to get like the neighbors? You know, God knows what. You know, actually, our neighbor. Check this out. Our neighbors, Tiger and Bonnie. <laughs> we met them. Uh, Tiger uh, rides a Harley. Now you're in Texas now. Yeah, Tiger rides a Harley, <laughs> and they got two chickens. And, oh, well, that's good. And they, they got, they'll probably maybe sometimes have extra eggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they got fluorescent lights in the in the in the workshop. <laughs> t- you, t- you, tell them if you get uh, if you give them a couple more chickens, because once you take care of two chickens, you might as well take care of four. If you can get yeah, the eggs. Yeah, just, oh no, no, they already promised us eggs. Yeah, but two chickens can only lay two eggs a day if they're in laying mood. Yeah, no, this is true. And this usually true. they don't even do that much. They produce maybe an egg and a half every two days. A- an egg Whatever. and a half. So half an egg. <laughs> yeah, you can get yeah, a half an egg. I, I, have, I have had chickens, you know. I had a lot of chickens. Oh, okay. Well, you know they're the best eggs. Yeah, but I, I was never a fan of collecting the eggs. This is what people don't know. If you when you go and you want to get the egg from the chicken, these chickens become very hostile towards you. Well, you don't do it when they're <laughs> sitting on yeah, the but, eggs. Yeah, but if you're hungry and you go out and you want to get your eggs from the chicken, the chicken just yeah, you know, and they so they will sit there all day. They, they don't move. They don't like. Oh, he's coming to get my egg. They don't hop off. They're protective. Well, that's the brooding type of chicken. You they got to get hungry once in a while. Just go. Just push the do what my daughter does. She just kind of kicks the chicken <laughs> outside. Like, hey, hey, And then grabs the eggs. <laughs> she does that up uh, it's in, uh, in Washington. You if you're stealing their eggs, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Anyway, so uh, so we've we've, uh, we've kind of done our move. We're still uh, in the middle of boxes, and the command center is about the third of the size that I used to have. On the other hand, I have windows, 
So now I can see. I can see what's going on. Um, yeah, you might as well just leave the boxes packed. <laughs> no, two-year lease. We've committed. Two-year. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's amazing how much crap you... Um, we've only been together four years, and there's so much crap that we have together. It's unbelievable. So what is this? Crap? Oh, okay. Put it in the garage. Yeah, that's kind of a problem. It's a, you're <laughs> becoming an archivist. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because uh, you can. Uh, the house is nice. We we have an archivist shack. This is what you need as an archivist, i.e., uh, a hoarder. You need a garage that you do not park a car in. Do you have one of these? Yeah, yeah. It gets filled with junk. Yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, yeah. It's it, it's 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 amazing. Now we're really in. In the city of Austin, but in the old city of Austin, south of uh, south of the river, and uh, I'm, I'm so Austin now. Even South by Southwest people called and asked if I wanted to do something. Yeah, because of course you know I'm sure someone dropped out <laughs> and like, oh man, it's uh, two weeks. We got to find somebody. Uh, who lives in Austin? Oh, uh, who's that? Uh, that 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 Bon Jovi guy? That hair guy? Uh, uh, Adam Sandler, no. Uh, yeah, Adam Curry. Mark Goodman, no. Who, what? Yeah, call him. And so they're like, uh, hey, man, we got a great spot for you. We'd like for you to uh, interview They Might Be Giants. Oh, that's a good idea. And I thought, and of course, I've, I don't know how you're going to plug the show. Uh, well, I'll figure out it. Well, so I'm like, so what do I get in consideration for uh, being a part of your South by Southwest? Money-making operation. You got to say your South by Southwest money-making operation. <laughs> Huge, hugely successful money-making operation. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the, the, the wording that I got back, you want to hear it? Oh, yeah. That's pretty funny. I've heard them all. <laughs> what do you think the wording was? What <laughs> well, for consideration, you know, the publicity. It's either they're going to promote, you know, you get a lot of publicity. Oh, no, they, it's no, for no, the no, good of the no, community. No, I mean, there's a million no, possibilities. No, much, much, much slicker than that. Much slicker than that. Hold on. I think his name is, what is it, Sean? Let me see. Sean of the Dead. <laughs> Sean. Sean O'Keefe. Here we go. Um... Oh, crap. I guess uh, I might have... Did I delete that? That makes no sense. Hold on. Sean... Well, a bunch of your delete files is usually... Unless you purged them. Um, uh, well, you know what? I'm, I'm using... Uh, I can't run Thunderbird on the on the computer here uh, during the I, show. Because it, it... Oh, it just kills everything. Oh, yeah, it totally kills everything. It's a piece of crap, Thunderbird. It works okay, but not on this machine. It works okay on uh, on my MacBook Air. Uh, here we go. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, shoot, man. Any ah, oh, crap. I can't believe I don't have this anymore. This blows. Oh. Well, he said something like, um, well, you know, uh, the promotional platform that South by Southwest is never uh, compensate speakers with fees or honorarium. However, he said that he would give me more than they give any other participant at South by Southwest. Which would be, uh, and this has some value, two platinum passes. What's that mean? The platinum pass, uh, if you are uh, uh, either an incredible insider or rich, the platinum pass is an all-access, all-areas, all-events for the entire duration of South by Southwest. I think it's like 1200 bucks to buy the, the pass. 
So to get two of those, and then you, you basically where you wear the pass everywhere. You go out to dinner, you're wearing your pass. You just you know you walk in your dog, you're wearing your pass because everyone knows. Oh, oh right. Oh, he's he's on the inside. He's wearing the pass. Sorry, it's okay. I there was a. Uh, What's the matter, John? Sorry. What's the matter? Well, there was a FedEx truck. I got two people in the house, and a FedEx is going to drop off something that needed signing, and apparently everybody missed it. But tried to <laughs> the truck down on the way back. I hate it when the real doll arrives and no one's there to sign for it. Sucks. Anyway, in the morning to you, John C. Dvorak from Austin Tejas here. In the morning to you, Adam Curry. In the morning, all ships and sea boots on the ground, feet in the air, and subs in the water, and all the dames and knights out there. And we'd certainly like to thank all of our artists. Uh, in particular, our uh, artists, they, well, I don't think she's ever had uh, uh, an album art score on the show yet. Citizen X provided our hipster art for episode 488, and we highly appreciate that. Um, and, of course, you can check out the uh, art generator, noagendaartgenerator.com. Uh, to find all of the art as provided by our fabulous artists who really do a fantastic job. And uh, in the midst of uh, of moving and everything going on, uh, there has been some interesting, uh, nay, I would say some uh, outrageous stuff coming through the uh, the Ministry of Truth telescreens, uh, the uh, the best of which is uh, started with a CBS report. You know, they, they really... Did a great job, they, and I have to say they, I mean, we often, we we see things happen, and you can kind of see how the news media has received, and it is it is talking points, it is like, it's almost like a, a memo goes out sometimes, and it's like, okay, we're, we're only going to focus on this, we're going to ignore that. In this case, a rare occasion, they all are pointing towards one Ministry of Truth channel, and ha- are expanding upon this. Of course, I am referring to the report from CBS, who uh, have uh, information that Adam Lanza, the Sandy Hook shooter, was not only inspired by what as, was in competition with uh, Anders Breivik, the Norwegian shooter. And I'm like, yeah, the similarities are uncanny. Uh, Adam Lanza's uh, compendium against Muslim integration into America, uh, the bombs that he used to blow up uh, federal buildings. It is uncanny how, how incredible similar this is, John. Yeah, and I, it's I, exactly the same. <laughs> and, uh, well, of course, what is really happening here is uh, they are showing how mass killers are gamifying their lives to emulate uh, violent video games. And I, I, I thought we would listen to the CBS report uh, in its entirety, which is about two and a half minutes, and comment on some things being said there. But then also look at the coordinated effort of PBS Frontline, uh, who uh, did their own documentary with the Hartford Current, and of course uh, how CBS and uh, uh, CNN and uh, other uh, news media are jumping on the same meme. So shall we uh, listen to the original Ministry of Truth propaganda from CBS regarding this? Good evening. The one remaining mystery in the tragedy in Newtown, Connecticut is the question. (laughs) The one remaining mystery is, I don't know, uh, where's the glass that was shattered? Where's the video footage from the newly installed uh, security cameras? Do you have any any last questions about this, John? 
No, I thought I, uh, I thought I thought it was beaten to death already. <laughs> no. Why are they beating Why? it to death more? Why did Adam Lanza, the 20-year-old gunman, shoot his way into Sandy Hook Elementary School and murder 20 first graders and six members of the school staff? Why? Well, tonight, multiple sources in law enforcement tell us that... Love this. Now, we can't gloss over this anymore. Multiple sources in law enforcement who will not speak on camera, who will not be mentioned by name... This is no. This to me is not journalism anymore. They're not even saying we're protecting their. Remember when they used to have guys, you know, like a black shadowy figure, and they'd alter yeah, their or voice. Or a box over their head, <laughs> or a big black dot that kept moving. Around. Yeah, and and then you'd have the you know the uh, the the voice would be altered with a vocoder. How come they don't do that anymore? I mean, that that at least gave you a little impression that they had they really had somebody and not just a memo. One motivation was an obsession with a mass murder committed the year before. Bob Orr is breaking this story for us tonight. Now, I just want to remind everybody about the Anders Breivik uh, massacre. He, he specifically blew up federal building. He specifically targeted um, uh, young political, future political leaders of the parties that were pro-Islamification, uh, his words, uh, of, uh, of Norway. So, you know, very specific went to their, you know, their summer camp to go and get rid of them to uh, eliminate future generations. He called himself, you know, one of the, the like a Knights Templar. I mean, he had a compendium, which was which, of course, I read, um, which was very detailed about uh, the uh, Crusades and uh, the Ottoman Empire has nothing at all. I mean, none of this, none of this it was uh, no trace of this in. Uh, Sandy Hook. The only thing is that he did say in his compendium that he practiced with. I think it was World of Warcraft. Was that what he was? Uh, that what he practiced? It might with? have been. Yeah. It was one of those, one uh, of those MM, game. right. MM, MM games. Law enforcement sources say Adam Lanza saw himself as being in direct competition with Anders Breivik, a Norwegian man who killed seventy-seven people in July two thousand eleven. Brevik killed eight with a bombing in downtown Oslo. He then moved to a nearby island where he hunted down and fatally shot 69 people, mostly teenagers, attending a summer camp. Now, you see what they're doing here? They were attending a summer camp, John, just teenagers. You know, like they're hanging out, having some beers. You know, forget to mention the whole political aspect to it. Two officials who have been briefed on the Newtown, Connecticut investigation say Lanza wanted to top Brevik's death toll and targeted nearby Sandy Hook Elementary School because it was the easiest target with the largest cluster of people. <laughs> so he was trying to uh, beat Breivik 77 number. I, what, what is behind this nonsense? It's, I, mean, I, I think they're talking about gamification of mass murderers. They're talking about that he was in competition and that they're going to link all of this to violent video games. Based on evidence they have collected, investigators also believe Lanza was acting out the fantasies of a video shooting game as he killed 20 first grade students and six adults at the school. Sources say Lanza also fired some shots at the first police officers to respond. That's a new uh, piece of information. We haven't heard anything about that. What? Yeah, yeah. Apparently they shot at police officers. This, this is completely in contrast to anything we've heard so far as they moved through the school's parking lot. But unlike Brevik, who surrendered, Lanza killed himself as police closed in. 
Now listen to the modem sound in the background. This is all very well done. Apparently ending his massacre sooner than he had intended. What's the modem sound for? Yeah, it's online, John. Online. Bad, bad, bad. Nobody uses a modem to play any of those games. <laughs> this is giving you modem sounds, so you know game, modem, bad, online, bad. Officials have not publicly revealed what precisely led them to the motive. But sources say investigators have found evidence Lanza was obsessed with Brevik. <laughs> so, sources, where's the guy with the voice? They've also recovered what they call a trove of violent video games. A trove, uh, a trove of violent video games. But here's how I would have done the report. Oh, uh, so as we were uh, checking out the, uh, the uh, his gaming uh, headquarters, we found a trove, I mean a trove, of very violent video games that he played online. Yeah, actually, that would have been better. Much better. It's from the basement of Lanza's home. Sources say Lanza spent countless hours there alone in a private gaming room. A private gaming room. What kind of visual do you get with a private gaming room, John? This is ridiculous. And it, you, <laughs> you, you caught this all over the place. There was a couple of things that I've seen about this guy. Also bogus. I don't know why they keep letting this thing. Is, is there is the desired effect not working, or well, why are they even doing well, this? I think stories? I think I think that this there's a couple of talking points. So let, I just want to finish this up, and then I'll take you to Brolf and uh, and what he's doing with the talking points. With the windows blacked out. Oh, windows blacked out in the basement. Honing his computer shooting skills. <laughs> Lanza also made multiple visits to nearby gun ranges with his mother Nancy Lanza where they practiced together with actual weapons. Ooh. Three guns, all registered to Nancy Lanza, were used in the Sandy Hook Massacre. Lanza used a fourth weapon to kill his mother before his attack on the school. I love the voiceover. It's really working well and making me pay attention. Police are now reaching out to people in the online gaming community. Ooh, who out there is going to rat on him? Who may have had encounters with Lanza to better understand, Scott, the full scope of what may have motivated him. Bob, Lanza did everything he could to destroy the hard drives on the home computers. Have the investigators found anything from that? No, unfortunately, Scott, so far they have not. Lanza's damaged computer has not yielded any usable clues, we're told. That's not how CSI works. How, I mean, took, a, took a shot at one of the hard disks. That take care of the problem. I mean, what, I mean, can you? Isn't isn't it possible to retrieve at least some data from the hard disk? I mean, is it really that possible to obliterate? Because it was done physically, apparently. Yeah, bullet hole. Bullet hole. Okay. FBI experts, though, in the lab in Quantico are still trying to piece together the hard drive, which lands it <laughs> deliberately smashed, but we're told smashed. the equipment's in pretty bad shape. It's in bad shape. It's in bad shape. We may not be able to get any real evidence. However, Brolf... Um, he so Brolf on CNN took this, and he brought in authors of some book because everyone's jumped. This is a great bandwagon to jump on. Some authors about who I've guessed study mass murderers, and of course they took it in their own personal beautiful direction. More now in our breaking news. Law enforcement sources telling CBS News's Bob Orr that Adam Lanza chose Sandy Hook Elementary School because he wanted to maximize the death toll because they say he saw himself as being in competition with another mass murderer. Now, I think it's interesting that CNN jumps on this bandwagon and credits CBS with this. This doesn't happen that often. This never happens. Uh, joining us on the phone right now, Northeastern University criminologist James Allen Fox and Jack 
11. Okay, so these guys are criminologists, so they, they know. Now they're co-authors of Extreme Killing, Understanding Serial and Mass Murder. Book. Uh, gentlemen. Oh, book. Yeah, book, book. Thanks very much for coming in. Uh, James Fox, first to you. Do these details about what he was doing uh, with his time, who he idolized, surprise you at all, or are they fairly typical for individuals like Adam Lanza? No, this doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, Makes total sense. <laughs> it's exactly the same thing. It's the same guy, the same motive. When the question was raised, why did he go to that school, uh, the clear answer always was, clear. was that he knew when he got there that there'd be a lot of victims under his gun. <laughs> Come on, John. I mean, how can I take this? I mean, this, this guy is a criminologist. This is what they, these are teachers. At university? Oh, it's very obvious. He just wanted to kill lots of people. It's so, so clear. I mean, this makes no sense. Uh, and he could hurt society in a most profound way. Uh, where else could he go where there were so many people would be congregated? Well, gee, I know. A bus stop, a airport terminal, a, a city hall. Uh, you could go to another movie uh, theater. Tons of places you could go. As far as his, uh, his admiring another mass murderer, that's one of the problems when we consistently, when we constantly talk about records. It's the largest, it's the biggest, it's the worst. What that does is it challenges other people to try to break the record. Oh, After all, I can't take any more no, of these guys. No, you got to stop this. You have, you have to. You have to. I'll fast Come forward. Come on, you would stop it if I was playing this. This is terrible. These guys are full of crap. What do you think his conclusion is? Video games. No, he has a different conclusion. Uh, okay, play it. Why do we keep records? Records, records are there to be broken. I think we should downplay oh, that aspect of shooting. <laughs> I think we should no Is longer he trying compete. trying to get to Guinness? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fair point, uh, Jack. Eleven. Uh, that that Anders Brevik uh, connection, if you will. You connection, if you will. Say the copycat factor doesn't necessarily lead someone to kill, but it can suggest the timing and the method. Explain. It Explain. determines, for example, the type of weapon that is used. If one killer uses a semi-automatic rifle, the next one may use a semi-automatic rifle. You know, he didn't use a semi-automatic rifle. No, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Wait for it. The big payoff is you know what you know what's coming. You when you hear it, you're going to go, oh, of course. Brevik himself was inspired uh, by Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. Bull crap. This is, I'm like, I read his entire compendium. He was not inspired by the Unabomber at all. And the Columbine massacre in 1999 inspired a number of school shootings, not only in the United States, but also in Canada, uh, Finland, and Germany. What, did I miss something? D did I miss a big copycat thing? I... I uh... So, you know, there was we some couple of kids busted in Georgia, and it was not much after that. There were just people wearing trench coats, maybe. Okay, but here it is, big payoff. And talk about the copycat factor, and it, it does contribute. But the causal factor for Adam Lanza is the causal factor. Come on, John, give it a guess. Oh, uh, let's see. Bullying. Was probably the same causal factor we find in most school shootings. He was bullied severely, <laughs> brutally bullied brutally when he bullied. was in elementary school at Sandy Hook. That is a much more important causal factor than the copycat influence. Which, if you watch the PBS Frontline mockumentary, that's not true. He was not brutally bullied. He had um, Asperger's and everyone actually... Um, 
kind of uh, uh, you know respected his uh, his issue apparently, and you know and, and and people were told you know don't touch him because he has sensory he's you know hypersensitive right uh, he had these hypersensitivity some sort whatever of nerve problem yeah so it's not like you know this is, it's just unbelievable but it all comes down to the video games and of course there's not a single mention of movies or any other type of violence it's all about the video games and we called this several weeks ago that this was not going to be about movies or television it would only be about video games because hollywood hates video games hollywood, hollywood hates video games and they're putting up all the money for the uh, presidents and they get breaks from uh, the they yeah, got they a, get tax benefits they get tax yeah. benefits all kinds of breaks exactly the same breaks that big oil gets by the way yeah, which are common breaks, but yeah, but they, you can make. Uh, I've looked. There's certain risks involved in making movies, so they need certain kinds of tax benefits. But, sure. But what we call this, John, is a lethal cocktail. It's a cocktail, you see. I mean, clearly, it, it's a cocktail of things, not least of which the easy access to his mother's weapons, which were in the house cocktail. that he shared with Deport that man. <laughs> it's really getting bad with him. But uh, the, the local newspaper, the Hartford Current, is reporting, I think, tomorrow morning that they found thousands and thousands of dollars worth of violent video games. Thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. How many video games can you buy for thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars? I mean, what, how expensive are these games? Like 50 bucks, 65, <laughs> 75 bucks maybe. How many did he I, have? I can see you getting to... Uh, thousand, uh, 3,000? No. No. In you know, the lands. Well, you, you'd sell them. I mean, most people that, that use these games, they recycle them. They go to the GameStop or whatever right, and then right. unless they're playing them all the time and you don't play that many games at once. Home, and in particular where Adam Lanza used to have his own little private quarters, if you like. Clearly, if you oh, he had a workstation. His oh. little private quarters. Now, this is all meant to, to build in your mind this idea okay. of, of the masked madman building a cocktail of violent video games, hands-on experience, and mental health. Oh, yes. It's all that, all combined. All of those things together. All right, I won't... Uh, I won't hurt you. We weren't even supposed to be talking about this anymore. Uh, well... I thought. But it was so big. But, you, know, you have to watch the mockumentary, the PBS thing. Um, it's uh, the voiceover was so outstanding. They should have hired me. Just, I, I just want you to hear the voiceover. There were new reports today about new. All right, that's not the one. Hold on, where is it? Uh, PBS raising Adam Lanza is the <laughs> is the title of it. The current has learned that investigators have oh, yeah, speculated. He's the best. He's great. Is the current has learned that investigators saw that Adam Lanza yeah, that's was the guy I want privately. Oh. That Adam may have carried out the shooting in a manner consistent with video gaming. Hey, they can just reuse this when they uh, kill me. They yeah, can, you're they playing can... way too many video games, <laughs> I can, understand. I mean, they got the name already? The just current to... has learned yeah. that yeah, investigators yeah. have speculated privately. Right. That Adam may have carried... Privately, privately. They speculated privately and then apparently told the press privately. Carried out the shooting in a manner consistent with video gaming. Oh, yeah. Changing his weapons magazine frequently, even though it was not empty. That's not how I game. What? That's that, I mean, that makes no sense. Coming out, okay, gamers... I guess he doesn't want to dry shoot the gun. <laughs> I, don't want, don't, I don't think that's true. I think when you're gaming... You don't, you know, you wait, you know, you're out of bullets, and that's when you you get a new magazine. You hit the new magazine button. You don't, you don't like. Oh, I'm running out. I'm running low. I better. <laughs> it's 
virtual bullets. I'm running low. I better save some in this magazine. Oh, I'm just... I, I mean, what does that mean? It makes no sense. It's not consistent. When you're gaming and you're shooting, you shoot until you're out, and then you put in a new magazine if you have one, right? Yeah, that's the way I've always played. I, I watch people play, too, and they, I don't know, people just throw in a perfectly good magazine away. <laughs> even if it's fake, even if it's virtual. I'm telling you, this, this is, it's insane. So that was, uh, but that just kind of broke, um, that, that broke uh, yesterday just all over the place. But it kind of came on the heels of our vice president who had some really good gun advice. Um, Kate, Kate. This was a, this was great. This was a hangout, the vice president, a hangout with uh, parents.com, parent magazine. Which uh, apparently people still read Parent Mad. I didn't. I, I don't think I've ever read uh, read it or subscribed to it or have any interest. But Parent Magazine gets to do a hangout, and people are asking questions about guns in the home and having guns if you have kids around. And this is a dude, by the way, who's asking the question. Um, Kate, Kate, if you want to protect yourself, get a double barrel shotgun. <laughs> have the shells a twelve gauge shotgun. And I promise you, as I told my wife, we live in an area that's wooded and somewhat secluded. <laughs> of course, he has no secret service or anything. He's just in the, here's Joe Biden with his wife, Jill, in a wooded, secluded area. And if something happens, Jill, you go out there and... said, so Jill, if there's ever a problem, just walk out on the balcony here or walk out, put that double-barrel shotgun... In your mouth. ...and fire two blasts outside the house. <laughs> This is, I mean, this is going to come back and haunt him <laughs> so bad. Something's going to happen. It's a good catch. And we're going to be playing this over and over again. I promise you, who's ever coming in is not going to. You don't need an AR-15. It's harder to aim. Uh-huh. It's harder to use. Uh-huh. And, in fact, you don't need 30 rounds to protect yourself. Just two. Buy a shotgun. Buy a shotgun. Buy a shotgun. Buy a shotgun. <laughs> this is, is going to come back and bite him his ass so hard. Buy, yeah, buy a well, shotgun. Probably. But then he, he threw a new word at me. But he's right. Yeah, well, of course he's right. Buy a shotgun. Absolutely. I, we got a shotgun for that very reason. But then he comes back, John, with a new word, which I had not heard, and he uses it several times when people uh, equate... Uh, a gun ban to the war on drugs, and he just went off the deep end on this one. Well, ask you to expand on many pieces of that over okay. the course of the next few minutes. Samantha Phillips asks. That's a guy. <laughs> the man, that's a guy who's who's talking here from Parent Magazine. Really? Yeah, I know. I wow. know. I know. It's crazy. If the ban on drugs did not work with taking them off the street, how do you no. think a ban? Mm. Wait till you hear this. And guns is going to be different. Well, there, Samantha, there is no ban on guns. Samantha's no not a guy. No, no. Samantha's asking the question. The guy is reading the question. It's a hangout. He's the moderator. Ah. Banning the gun. No one's taking my shotguns. I have two shotguns at home. They're in a, in a cabinet. They're locked. There's ammunition there as well. Ooh. No one's going to come and take my gun. No one's going to take anyone's gun. We're talking about a background check. And the uh-huh. analogy to if there was a ban on drugs, how, how can there be a ban on, you know, how, how would any regulation of the... Now, what, he's painting himself into the corner already. You can just see it happening. ...type of weapon available out there. Why would that make sense? Are you suggesting we have no, we just legalize all drugs? Yeah, that seems to work very well in Portugal. 
And uh, the Netherlands seems to work pretty well, actually, this uh, complete decriminalization of uh, drugs. Yeah, that, that, is a, that is something. I know we're talking about guns, Joe, but I think that would be worth discussing. Sure. Is that what you're suggesting? Yes, yes, yes. That would go real well in Parents Magazine. <laughs> Let's talk about everybody being able to, no matter what your age, go out and... Now, he's going to mention a drug. So he's, he's, he's off, off the cuff now. So which drug is he going to use as an example for everyone to go out and buy if it's all legal? Well, heroin? <laughs> I wish. Be able to uh, purchase uh, cocaine. I think Joe has probably gone out and purchased some. That's why it's coming up. You know, it's like some people would say marijuana. Uh, yeah, that would be the normal one. Right, say, but he's that's like, the one that's in the like news. Cocaine. Yeah, it would be crazy if you could just go buy cocaine. What do you think about that idea? I think it's great. Look, these comparisons are not appropriate, quite frankly. But secondly, the idea on you should have no law unless the law you have prevents all violations of that law. Okay, what did Joe just say? I have no idea. You should have no law unless would, the law prevents... You should be able to bring Obama and his drone program into the conversation now. You should have no law unless all versions and violations of the law are against the law. That is not the way society works. Oh, okay. That is not the way we... The, Here comes the new word of the day. Moral disapprobation of society. The moral disapprobation of society. Do you have you ever heard of this word disapprobation? Yeah, actually, I, I've heard of approbation. So disapprobation is probably legit. The act. Did you look it up? Yeah, of course. The and act. What is it? Maybe. The act or state of disapproving. So the moral disapproval. Let's. He's going to do it again. Has an impact on behavior in societies, and the moral disapprobation of. The idea that you can leave a loaded gun around your house, there shouldn't be gun safety practiced by families that own weapons, etc., cetera, uh, is a very important element in seeing to there's greater gun safety. And Why doesn't he use children. disapproval? No, no, because disapprobation is shaming. That's, that's what he's talking about. This, so this is, it's a good word. I've never heard of this. I've never heard it used. And he was so proud of himself, he had to use it twice. Yeah, somebody looked it up for him and well, he yeah. said, I'm, dry, I'm using that. Hey, I'm going with hey. that. <laughs> right after I tell everyone to buy a shotgun, I'm going to say. Probably had to practice it a few times to <laughs> say it. Disapprobation. So it's the act or state of disapproving. Yeah, and it's also a word you probably can't say if you're drunk. So this is proving he's sober. <laughs> I'm sober. I might tell you to go out and drive. Buy, uh, drive, so dis drive the disapprobation. Disapprobation. Now, meanwhile, uh, of course, you know, in uh, Washington State, um, there's a gun law being proposed now that uh, if you have a registered weapon. Do you have any registered weapons up there in uh, in Port Angeles? I don't think we need to register up there. Well, when you buy one, then you know it's registered. If you buy, yes, we always buy our guns off the streets from black guys. <laughs> and another handy tip from the No Agenda Show. <laughs> well, should you uh, buy one from uh, a black guy in a gun store, uh, it would be registered and. Uh, what they what the proposal is in uh, Washington is uh, once a year 
the cops can come by and inspect your weapons to see what you if if uh, you know if you uh, if they need to disapprobate you. So they would inspect. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, it's not yeah. it's not a law yet. Here, uh, introduced legislation would allow county sheriffs to inspect the homes of semi-automatic rifle owners once a year. Huh. Senate Bill five seven three seven would ban the sale of semi-automatic weapons that use detachable magazines. What good is that? Magazines that contain more than ten rounds would also be subject law-abiding gun owners to random searches by a county sheriff. So that yeah, sounds illegal. Uh, yeah, in the Federal Register. Um, this showed up uh, yesterday following the president's plan to reduce gun violence, blah, 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 uh, requesting the National Institute of Justice, which I've never heard of. I thought that was going to be uh, farmed out to the science uh, institutes, but the National Institute of Justice will be conducting a review of existing and emerging gun safety technologies and uh, plans to issue a report on the availability and use of those technologies, including biometrics and RFID. I told you this was coming, that your gun will only work if it's in your hand. Yeah, yeah. Like the James the James Bond had one of those guns in, them in the last movie, mm-hmm. which was trying to, which is, I think, a propagandistic technique to normalize oh, the sure. idea. Oh, sure. And then in... Uh, well, I mean, the James Bond movies are only about uh, promotion and propaganda. I mean, you, you can get anything in a James Bond movie as long as you're willing to pay for it, any product, any idea. In New York, they're proposing a bill as, I mean, again, I, we're just we're just genius. Gun, gun owners would have to buy at least $1 million in liability insurance. Oh, yeah, no, this we, we spotted it. <laughs> as soon as it was mentioned, it was like, oh, there it is. In Colorado, however... Uh, the University of Colorado, Colorado Springs, they have a whole different plan. Don't arm yourself. Don't get a gun. Don't get mace. Don't get a taser. Uh, you know, you should uh, follow advice. Part of a really supplemental information intended for women who had completed a self-defense class on campus that we call RAD. Rape rad. Aggression Defense. RAD. It's RAD. How RAD is it, Brad? Corporal Lisa Dibsinski teaches RAD and knows there isn't a one-size-fits-all solution to fighting off an attacker. As women, we have to cheat to win. Attacker. We have to go for eyes. We have to go for ears. We have to go for the throat. We have to go for a growing strike. A, a growing strike. Instead of groin, she says growing. Right. And she She's defends. it. Yeah, but listen, listen to the actual advice. The more unusual suggestions that surfaced on their public safety webpage. If you can use anything to your advantage, uh, which would be to say that, you know, that you're going to urinate, that you're menstruating, that you're, um, uh, that you're going to vomit. These are great tactics, people. You don't need a gun. Just say, stand back or I'll pee. Uh, that you have a disease. I know it sounds way off the wall, yeah. but why not use it something sure to your advantage? You could possibly get a perpetrator that is disgusted by one of those things. Hey, I'm grossed out by you. I'm not attacking you anymore. <laughs> what are these people? You know, did this, there was a big thing going on. It started with that Houston video, which I think we've probably both seen, and I think most people have seen it. It's, it's the... It's the run, hide, attack. Oh, yeah, yeah. What you're supposed to do. Um, three words, three words. Yeah. So I'm seeing it on the local news. All in, everyone's three words, three words, three words. And it's always, you know, run, hide, attack. That's your solution. Uh, but they, at least they got the attack part in, but there's never any attack with a gun. Yeah, but the attack part is with scissors. 
No, 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 not that video. The other one, the new one. I thought the, the one where I, the guy comes in with a shotgun. Yeah, but the, but I thought the attack was it, no, it, no, no, no. Mm, this okay. one ends with the guy with the bad guy coming in, and everybody's got chairs and, and they got pillows and boots and sticks <laughs> and pens. It's a room full of people, and as soon as yeah. he walks in, they attack him. him. Oh, it's a gang attack. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, I've seen this, of course. I'm, yeah, it's at yeah. the very, and then they stop do a freeze frame so he don't actually see any violence. So the, especially the one guy who's got. The one of the worldwide uh, wrestling federation chairs, folding chair that he's going to smack the guy with right in the head, <laughs> and uh, with the desired effect that you get on and, the wrestling federation. And it seems as if uh, that this has become some sort of a propagandistic uh, meme that they're spreading around for, and for some unknown reason, it's just like I guess the terrorist threat has is people are just immune to it now. So now we have to have these these. Domestic shooters. The, the particular video, the one, the Houston video. The guy walks into a building with a double barrel. Well, no, it's a, it's a pump action shotgun. And if, and first he shotguns two people for no apparent reason. And then he and he looks like a murderer. Looks like a CIA guy. And he and then he shotguns a couple more people. And then he's now he's just going to shotgun the place up. With no, yeah. no rhyme or reason. It's <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. And whereas if we had, I'd rather be in Austin. Where you know at least one guy is going to have a concealed weapon. Oh, yeah. Within, if there's 10 people in an office, yeah. at least one guy's packing. It's so funny that, you know, we're here and we feel so we're in the middle of a neighborhood. You know, there's a, we're right near South Congress. and But we feel so safe because there are very few, if any, home burglaries in, in, uh, in Austin. I'm sure uh, all of Texas is pretty low because people know you can get, get your ass capped. You know, get just, your ass capped? Yeah. Get a cap in your ass. Cap in your ass? Yeah. This is street Well, speak. first I thought you were referring to the music licensing operation. Yeah. It's a street ass speak. cap. Street speak. And then the other thing was like some old rap tune from 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's me. Yeah. Well, anyway, they are, they're, it's a never-ending battle. These it, it, Nobody wants to talk about Texas and their carry thing because it's... It, Ruins the argument. <laughs> it makes so. too much sense. Shh, don't do that. Shut up about hey, it. Hey, let's thank... Uh, and by the way, Vermont's got fairly similar laws, I believe. Well, is Vermont not... Uh, what state? What's their state motto? No, that's... You're thinking of New Hampshire. No, Live that's, free or die. Right. What is Vermont then? The ma- I don't know the maple, one, do they? The, the maple syrup state? <laughs> that's what it should be. Vermont. Home of Bernie Sanders. State. <laughs> you have a few people to thank. I want to thank a few executive producers. Um, we have one executive producer and a bunch of associates. Random Hillbilly in Elkins, West Virginia, which is your hometown. Uh, still fighting the IRS. You just wants no jingles, no clubs, no nothing. I'll go back to my Adderall and weed now and <laughs> we'll hopefully have a collection of Ariana stories to share soon. <laughs> Adderall and weed, breakfast of champions, my friend. I should try that sometime. Yeah, you should. <laughs> I bet it's awesome because you know weed makes you like you know it's it's kind of like uppers and downers. It's like you smoke some weed, like hey man, I'm really baked right now, but I'm so productive. This is great. John White in Jackson, Tennessee. I've been lurking for a few months, came in with 233.69. Now I beg for a de-douching as well as karma for my medical practice. P.S. I hate to tell you, but you have to thank Leo Laporte for introducing me to the show. 
John White, MD. Oh, uh, hey, thank you very much. We're happy to. Ha- the more doctors we have on board, the better. You've been deduced, and we're happy that Leo introduced you to the show. You've got karma. Awesome. Sean Brooker in Beaverton, Oregon, two hundred dollars. JNA Karma Works. I got the girl, and we have been married for a year. Which reminded me that it's been a while since my last donation. The last hundred episodes have been outstanding. <laughs> Astounding. Astounding, he says. Astounding. The last hundred. <laughs> Why are you laughing? It just seems like a crazy thing to say. <laughs> you know, I ch- that 101 yeah, I've been sucked. watching this show for 40 years. Every episode <laughs> in all 40 years. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> okay. There's got to be a clunker in there somewhere. It makes me sick to think that I only paid a dollar for each one. Please de-douche the chat room and all the boners out there. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What did I say? Please douchebag the chat room. Douchebag. All the boners out there. For me, I could really use job karma with a biodiversity chaser. Please uh, wish a happy Foundation Day to any other moonies out there. Oh, is is that today, Foundation Day? I don't know. And we're, uh, well, happy Foundation Day, all you moonies out there. You've got karma. And finally, Sir Ryan Bemrose. Actually, he has he did have a little note. Uh, not much of it to be uh, read, but he was looking. Uh, blah, 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 would be knighted. Oh, he oh, he was mistakenly believed that he hasn't been knighted. And we found a record that he was. So, oh, really? But he just missed that show? I guess, or I don't know. I have no idea what oh, happened. Oh, wow. Okay. But he was angry because his wife is also a dame. She's a dame. So anyway, sorry, uh, Ryan, but I think you're, uh, you've are you been covered. And the rings, well, yeah, I think there was a ring available that you can have. Anyway, that's our executive producers and associate executive producers for show, um, what show number is it? Four. 89, which is a uh, nice number. I want to remind people to go to Dvorak.org slash NA channel, Dvorak.com slash NA, No Agenda Show, and NoAgendaNation.com are also places where you can click on a on a uh, donate button. And we remind people who do blogging, you know, you can run this 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 show on your blog and uh, put a donate button there too. Yeah, you uh, or you can uh, go to NoAgendaCD.com and you can download CDs, burn them, sell them. Or no, give, give them away at a Korean give, store. Give them away or give them as gifts. They make great gifts. Great gifts. Great, great gifts. Really? I think it's the greatest <laughs> gift you can give is a No Agenda Show CD. Dvorak.org slash N-A. And, of course, if you are broke like many out there, you can always propagate our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. citizen. Oops. So I think we're overlooking a story. Uh, I have a couple uh, that uh, I've been saving to wow you with, so what do you... Well, let's start by... Let's let's revisit our old buddy, uh, uh, Reverend Manning. (laughs) It's so funny. I have a a clip from him today, too, by coincidence. I have two, so I got you beat by one. All right. Uh, But one of them is weird. I have the Manning... uh, kind of deposition on the CIA trying to kill him. I didn't see this before. Have you <laughs> No, I have no, I haven't seen this. What this is a 7-minute clip. 
I, you, I have the whole clip, and you can play it as to to you can't take it anymore. I mean, you can cut it off anytime you want. But he, uh, this was kind of interesting. This isn't the clip I wanted to refer to. I wanted to refer to the other one, but we'll go back to the CIA trying to kill him later. Okay. But play the Manning on the Pope. I thought you know, this was kind of interesting. Don't send out an email overnight, and the Cardinals wake up that morning and don't even know that the news people are talking about the Pope has resigned, and they don't even know. That's wrong. Wrong. And if it was if it was truly about his health, he would have discussed it with the with the cardinals. It would have been something that all sat down and had a meeting and talked about it. You don't send out an email in the middle of the doggone night and the cardinals waking up in Latin America, they're waking up in Africa, they're waking up in Armenia, they're waking up in New York City, and somebody calling them and telling them the Pope just resigned. That ain't the way for a Pope to behave. That ain't the way for a man of God to behave. <laughs> Why are we even making this show? Our show is no good. This guy, right. this guy is awesome. I mean, you have to sit through hours of crap to get to it, but when he pulls it out, man, he's got gems. That ain't God. <laughs> that ain't God. Now I think they need to call for. I need to think. I think they need to call for an investigation. Yeah. Maybe somebody done kidnapped the Pope. <laughs> Took him down there in the bottom of the, I don't know, Vatican or someplace. Got him down there in one of those catacombs. <laughs> this other guy's up there. looks like, I don't know. <laughs> this don't make no sense to everybody. <laughs> don't make no sense. And God forbid you got all these stupid cardinals and bishops all over the Catholic Church and all these pundits and professors from the seminaries and everything now getting on television. They don't know what to say. They're trying to be cute. They're trying to be politically correct. Oh, yes, I think that's a noble thing. How humble it was to just up and resign. Well, it may have been. But you don't you think you ought to call a council? Don't you think you ought to talk to somebody? Don't you ought to think cardinals ought to know? Well, in a couple of weeks, uh, you know, I'm going to be resigning. We'll, we'll, you know, we won't break silence on this matter until I'm officially, and we'll do it before Easter. We'll do it, you know, before Good Friday or something like that. You just don't send out an email to all the news organizations. That's not something the damn devil would do. Get out there, whooping, 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 whooping with the Constitution. Down. So, so I, I, I like this. I thought that was an interesting point that, you know, yeah. maybe he was kidnapped. If you saw this guy. I, you, you wouldn't know. You'd say, who's this old geezer? You wouldn't know if it's, if it's the real guy. No. There's could, no way. He's just, he's, a, he's like a beat up old German man. That, right. You know, and, and there's, if you start looking around, there's all these incidents that, you know, make you wonder. Apparently he's been choppered out of the place a lot. He's got a, a guy has his pacemaker. Huh. So you, you think and, maybe, and the pacemaker had to be replaced three months ago? Do you think maybe he died and they replaced him with a dude and that dude like you know the the Quit. union the union is acting up you know they want more money for him or something or well, he's also apparently been you know he fell over supposedly he's got a big you know uh, got hit in the head somehow <laughs> yeah. I think they're either trying to they're trying to either maybe they're trying to assassinate him there was something still screwy that's yeah. never been fully explained about the butler who was spying on him well that and they um, and they have the new Vatican I I, th I always thought it was about the bank and so they have the new uh, bank president of the Vatican, who apparently has ties to um, uh, German war, uh, German uh, warship manufacturing companies, and, and I've always thought the Vatican was always about the money, about the bank, um, and 
Yeah, Manning is right though. I mean, this is that's a point well made. Yeah, you don't just send an email. Oh yeah, well that's and he, Manning an actually goes on and on. And one of the things he says that I think is most interesting is when he actually starts preaching about this, and he cites all the biblical characters who went through all kinds of misery and refused to, you know, all of a sudden retire. I mean, it's the Pope. The last time there was a res- resignation 600, was six hundred years ago, but mm-hmm. that was because there was a bunch of popes. Right. And there was they're trying to figure out because they had the the Rome versus the, you know the uh, area in France which is now makes the Chateau Neuf de Pop wine by the way. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. one of the popes had to quit it, but it's not they they normally just die in office. So this yeah. guy's there's something more to this guy quitting than meets the eye, and we're not getting any of the story. So, how do we find out more? Where's Father Roderick on this? I know where Father Roderick is. Remember Father Roderick? No. Yeah, he's the podcasting uh, uh, priest. Oh, the Dutch, podcasting priest. Yeah, the Dutch podcasting priest, Father oh, Roderick. I don't know. Yeah, I think he's, he should chime in. I think he's don't something he, screwing. He's going donated on. to the show. So hmm hmm. I mean, what you know? And even there's a bank scandal coming up. So, you but, know, but so he, what? But he's, he's yeah. got, no, he doesn't run. I mean, he's just the head of the church. He's not, doesn't run the bank. Well, what would they be, be afraid of? Because, you know, to have a pope die, I mean, it's, that's well, easy. Well, supposedly there's a book that's coming out uh. that talks about him in the Hitler Youth. That is damn. <laughs> Yay! <But> even so. <laughs> hey, even so, yeah. What's the problem? <laughs> what's your problem? Essentially, yeah. That's what I said. What, what is the problem? Yeah, okay, whatever. You know, it was a mistake. Yeah. I, I was should young. have joined the Hitler I, I, Youth. I was young. I didn't know. Apparently they should have. There was the thing about the Hitler Youth. Let's see, what was it? It was something to do with, <laughs> look at my list of crazy things. It's just a minor oversight. That that brown shirt thing. You know, it was fashion faux pas. <laughs> I really not, they're still not going to kick. You know, once you're the Pope, you're the Pope. It's like too bad. Yeah, don't you have some say? Can't you like say, hey, you know, like, hey, you over there. Shut up. Don't you have anything? I mean, are you the Pope? I still find it personally amazing. To me, it's the same as a queen. You know, where you have people just are freaking out about this dude. You know, like people love the queen or love the king or the prince. And I just don't understand. It just It's it's so a, a medieval to me. It is very medieval. And but I, it's like it's still uh, and I'm, I'm okay a tension getter. I'm okay, you know, if, if you believe in a higher power and God or Jesus or Allah or or the uh, Queen Buddha. No, no, all of that stuff. I'm, whatever you call it, it up there, uh, around us, love, whatever you want to call. I'm okay with love. that. But when, yeah, <laughs> hey, come on, leave me alone. Spin now, spin, spin. <laughs> I'm spinning. Whatever you want to call it, but when you have a, a a person who then you pledge your allegiance to, that's where I just it doesn't work for me. You know, it's, I I had to, our friend was over the other day. You know, the two top Scientologists. I told you about them, right? They moved to Austin. The PR Scientologist people. You have a couple of Scientologists come. They're trying to convert you. Well, no, they're not. And this ah. is no, no, no. Because I have to bring it up all because I guess I I have a, you know we're really I like you guys. I really want to be friends, but I have here my bookcase. I have Dianetics by L. Ron Hubbard. I read Dianetics. I don't see how you get from this book to a church. (laughs) I don't get it. I don't, you know, and it's like, well, you know. Just yourself up to the (laughs) E-meter. You're not clear. Let me be clear. Just let it go. Let it go. Let it go. (laughs) Let me be clear. 
Hey, by the way, there you. That's why Obama says it all the time. Maybe he's a Scientologist. Let me be clear. Hmm. It might be. I don't think so. Though. Well, I'm, but I'm working on it because I just want him to explain it to me. I'm, I'll, so all these I'll guys go. came over. And what happened? No, they they don't. I'm sure they don't want to come over to your house for dinner to be grilled about the. How do you get from here to there in the Scientology realm? Well, at, look, I didn't. Then you can ask them about Klaatu or. I didn't just bring it up. It was like you know, some somehow they was in conversation. Oh no, we still go to the church, and I was like, hey, can I ask you a question about the church? You know, I'm not like, hey, hey, how are you, friend? Hey, what's up with that Scientology thing? No, I'm not like that. <laughs> no, I have a little more subtlety, but I, I'm interested. Because these people, you know, you look at all the stories about Scientology, I'm like, these people don't really jive with those stories. Yeah, I Whoa, know. what's this? Most of the stories are extreme. Check this out. There's a lot of people that just viscerally hate Scientology. and Well, that's how Anonymous started. Who is... Like right, they started by attacking Scientology. It's like a boombox car driving by here in the hood. Mm, nice neighborhood. Yeah, no, they started... Uh, Anonymous started uh, attacking Scientology. And, uh, yeah. I don't. I don't. I. I. I don't know. Me no understand. But I. I think it's very valid that. Uh, and the Reverend Manning is uh, is on his game, where he says, uh, "Screw this! You just don't send an email. It just makes no sense." You want to hear my? Uh, here's my uh, my my short clip from Manning. Get ready for the Manning he has jingles. <laughs> oh yeah, no. This this is his radio show. I love I love his show. Here we go. I am here to announce today officially that I'm on my way to Hawaii. (laughs) (laughs) And this, I think, kind of fits into your CIA killing clip. Hawaii, here I come. Uh, I have been talking about Hawaii, uh, the birth, the alleged birthplace of Barack Obama. I have been uh, examining uh, the certificate of live birth. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, the uh, long farm birth certificate, all of this produced out of Hawaii. I am here to officially announce today that I'm on my way uh, to Hawaii. Now, I will not announce the date of my traveling as much as that I don't know it as of yet. <laughs> I love the way he puts that. I will not be announcing the date of my traveling as I do not know of it yet. But it's my intent to travel to Hawaii uh, with a group of attorneys. Mm. And what we will do there is that we're going to file motions and Article 78s of that type. So he just keeps on going and going. He's he's so angry about this Barack Obama thing. Yeah, he thinks he's the devil. Oh, he's so, really uh, well, here's the, now this deposition is interesting because this took place, I think he gives the date on here, it's like maybe... It, this took place sometime at, remember that we used to play in the early, like years ago on the show, the, the Mac Daddy. Oh, yeah, I can probably find clips. a Mac Daddy. Yeah, the Mac Daddy clips. And he was crazy. He was going to Mac Daddy and he went on and on about yeah, know, being Bar- a, Barack uh, Obama, the Mac Daddy. A, a long legged Mac, Mac Daddy. Yeah. And then he explained what a Mac Daddy was and all the rest of it. And, uh, then he went into what seemed to us to uh, just completely disappear from the face of the earth. For at least a year, we didn't play a Manning clip. Right. This is what this situation with the CIA seems to have taken place during that little moment where he went silent. And then he started coming back only recently, actually. And, uh, and I think I think he may I don't think he's lying about this, but this de- deposition is quite interesting to listen to on the. 16th of November, 
in the year 2009. I was visited by the CIA, I being James Manning. Now, is this from his uh, actual church uh, sermon? No, this is from his mock trial of oh, Obama. Oh, right, 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 right. Well, so this is really, this is a, a year old at least then. No, this, this is pretty old. I think it's, I think he did this, uh, it, it's, it's, I think he did this like, yeah, about a year ago, but this, but he's still discussing the 2009 incident, which is what I think put him into the silent mode for a while, even though now he seems to be taking it lightly. But anyway, okay. was visited by the CIA, Homeland Security, and the New York City Police Department. Hmm. That visit took place here in this church where we're now holding court albeit in my uh, pastoral studies where the actual meeting happened. Following that visit by the CIA, the following Wednesday, which would have been the 18th if I'm correct, I received a call from a defective CIA agent that a hit had been put out on me by the CIA. Really? That I was slated to be assassinated. Oh, damn. And that such a hit or assassination was called for before the visit by the CIA officers, Homeland Security, and Police Department. It showed up on the 16th of November. So how much do you want me to play of this? Because it's, it's long. Well, I can wrap up yeah. what he's, he's, a couple of things he brought up. First, he discussed the, the, the assassination plot. Apparently, the guy who was hired... Uh, to kill him, or the guy who was supposed to shoot him wouldn't do it. He says, no, I'm not going to shoot this guy. Is, and, is it possible Manning is making all this up, that he's just delusional? I think it's possible. Of course, anyone could be making it up, but I, 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 I kind of doubt. I, I kind of, I'm just going to go along and, and, and assume he's sincere. Uh, but he mentioned a couple of interesting things. What he brought out again late in this, this is why you can't really play the whole thing, but I'll just summarize. He says that Obama... He found out from the same guy that was Obama was in the CIA uh, from ninety something like two thousand yeah, to two thousand two at, uh, at uh, Occidental after well, his okay. Occidental years. Now this this is a well yeah we've well talked established about this fact many sure. times on the fact. But the one thing that he brought up, which I didn't, the series says the CIA guy told him that everything you want to know to bust Obama out of this is is to be found at Columbia University. And then he, the claim was made that he never went to Columbia. You cannot find any evidence that Obama ever was at Columbia. Right. And he says that's the big CIA's. They have this, this you know, this great story around him, but that this part is, is faulty. Right. And, 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 and the records are sealed and no one's allowed to question it. Right. So I just thought it was interesting, but I didn't know about the assassination oh, attempt. Here we go. <laughs> oh, that's the rap song. Obama pimps white women and black women. <laughs> Oh, God. I'll put that in the show notes. That's his whole rap video, Obama's a Mac Daddy. Yeah, well. Yeah, that's very, very interesting. Anyway, um, so that, I find that kind of interesting. Well, the, the, so the full-length clip, of course, along with all of our um, audio material, is available in the show notes, 489er.nashownotes.com. Uh, go to uh, uh, Clips and Stuff, and that's so, where you can well, find all so, the clips. Well, I was digging around some of these older clips that we... I don't know that if we've ever played the Larry Sinclair clip. Have we, have we ever done that? We've definitely talked about him. I don't know if we've 
This is a 10 minute clip. What do you, what, what, this is new for you. What are you doing? I just, because I know you put the whole clip in the show notes, I thought okay. this was no, a very clip smart. that should be in the public very domain. Very smart, very smart. So Larry this- Sinclair is the uh, prostitute, male prostitute, who claims that uh, uh, he showed Barack Obama around Chicago and um, that uh, he had to snort coke off of uh, the, the then, was he senator? I think maybe he was senator at the time. Off of State his, senator. Off of his bare thighs while fellatiating him. And, well, uh, this is his. Actually, that's eh, that's not quite accurate. But <laughs> was it close? Here is the. Uh, <laughs> this is the. You can again. This is you can listen to as much as you want, but you got to at least get it to the point where he's where he's uh, uh, sucking on the guy. But, but so, it, and is Larry Sinclair? He's still alive, right? Is he? He's not been killed yet. Yeah, but a bunch of other guys around him are dead. Oh yeah, no. There's guys from the church who are dead. There's a whole you know. There's a whole bunch a lot of, of dead guys. A lot of dead guys. Good afternoon. My name is Larry Sinclair. In regards to the Obama incident, I flew out of Colorado Springs, Colorado, to Chicago on November 2nd, 1999, arriving in O'Hare early in the morning of November 3rd. I went to the Chicago area to attend the graduation of my godson, my best friend's son, from basic training from the Great Lakes Navy Training Facility. I made reservations at the Comfort Inn and Suites in Gurney, Illinois, based solely on the location to the training center. On November 5th, 1999, I hired the services of Five Star Limousine. (coughs) Excuse me. I had hired them both for November 5th and November 6th of 1999. On November 6th, 1999, I asked the limo driver, whose name I now reveal for the first time, Jagir Paramit Mutani, if he knew anyone who would like to socialize and show me Chicago. Mr. Mutani understood that I was looking for someone who knew Chicago and would enjoy socializing. Mr. Mutani said he knew someone who was a friend of his. On November 6, 1999, after picking me up at the hotel in Gurney, and this is significant, Mr. Mutani used his cell phone to make a call. That call was made to then Illinois State Senator Barack Obama to set up an introduction between myself and Senator Obama. Upon arriving at the bar and exiting the limo, Senator Obama was standing next to Mr. Mutani, and I was introduced to Senator Obama by name. Later that evening in a bar, which I believe was called Alibis, and I state believe because I have failed so far to get Citigroup to provide the credit card receipts that has the actual name. (coughs) I mentioned I could use a line or two to wake up. That's how I could try to come on to all my boyfriends, by the way. (laughs) Hey, honey, I could use a line or two just to wake up. Referring to Coke, and I stated I was. After stating I was, Obama stated he could purchase cocaine for me and then made a telephone call. This, too, was significant from a cell phone to a presently unknown individual during which Senator Obama arranged the cocaine purchase. Senator Obama and I then departed the bar in my limousine and proceeded to an unknown location where Senator Obama exited the limousine with $250, which was provided to him by me. Returned a short while later with an eight ball of cocaine, which he gave to me. I did ingest a couple of lines of cocaine, and shortly thereafter, Senator Obama produced a glass cylinder pipe and packet of crack cocaine from his pocket. What? Obama then smoked the crack cocaine. (laughs) I performed fellatio on Senator Obama in the limousine during the time Senator Obama was smoking crack cocaine. I forgot the crack part. Okay, I got pretty close. Anyway. So, uh, well, this... It it goes on and on and on. It goes on and on and on, but it's... 
it's actually quite interesting. And it's like I never this just showed up all of a sudden. You, I think this comes really, and goes as a clip. Well, it, it, I think the reason why uh, it's popped up again is because the president spent a weekend just him and Reggie Love uh, uh, in uh, Palm Springs. And you know he had uh, uh, he played golf with Tiger Woods, and the press was you know not told, and the press couldn't come in. Right, the and, press was was kept away from yeah, the golf game, yeah. which means that which is very unusual because Obama doesn't mind the publicity for anything. But you know, so, so they were banned, yes. and then I didn't know about the Reggie Love thing. Yeah, no, Reggie Lo- Reggie Love got all, so they they come back from the trip. The president had a 10-minute off-the-record conversation with the press, which the press is reporting as a 10-minute off-the-record conversation. Uh, the president deplaned, followed by Reggie Love, who deplaned several minutes later. Oh, interesting. Tiger Woods uh, quoted a saying uh, during the game of golf. The president has, quote, amazing touch and pretty good stick. <laughs> Jeez. I hate to say it. Okay, that's a good I mean, you don't, you don't need Tiger. Not helpful, okay? <laughs> not, not helpful. Not helpful, my friend. We're trying to keep this on the down low, baby. Jeez. <laughs> How stupid is that? That's funny. Well, maybe he did it on purpose. It's just sort of, sort of a gag. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Yo, code. Hello. Wink, wink. Hello. Get it? So I got... Um, I spoke to one of our uh, military industrial... Comp- well, spoke is a big word. I uh, had contact, not actual voice contact, with one of our uh, military industrial complex uh, contacts, one of our uh, higher higher ranked ones. Yeah, and um, and got some pretty good information, uh, which is also one of these. Oh my God, that makes so much sense. How come we haven't really put all that together? And it uh, surrounds uh, another piece of news that is just a story that is just kind of thrown out there, and of course, no one is really paying any attention to it because, you know, it's much more interesting to talk about the Blade Runner guy who shot his model girlfriend in Australia or any other bull no, crap. South come Africa is even that far I'm sorry, away. <laughs> South Africa. Why are we, this is an, Afri- an African, South African news story. Well, <laughs> People are, you know, killed all over the world. Why is so much attention being paid to this guy? But okay. President Barack Obama says he's accepted General John Allen's request to retire rather than move forward with plans to make him commander of NATO forces in Europe. General Allen said in a written statement that his reasons for his decision were personal and it's time to focus on his family. The general hasn't gone into many details, but the Washington Post has reported that his wife suffers from a combination of chronic health issues that include an autoimmune disorder. Earlier this month, Allen finished a 19-month stint as the top commander of U.S. and allied forces in Afghanistan. His highly regarded career took a surprise turn last fall, when the Pentagon announced that he was being investigated for potentially inappropriate email exchanges with a civilian woman in Florida. The Pentagon announced last month that he had been cleared of any wrongdoing. It wasn't immediately clear who the White House will nominate for the NATO job. So this is uh, this is big, big news within uh, the military-industrial complex. And there's a reason for it. And uh, as my operative says, you know, it's all b- political BS. And, of course, I'm like, well, what do you mean exactly by that? And... Uh, he uh, he says, he or she says, well, you've got to look a little bit deeper into what is actually going on. And it all comes back to Benghazi. Now, the thing is, if uh, uh, if the general really wanted to go on to become the, the you know, the big uh, kahuna of NATO, he would have to be uh, apparently I didn't know this. He would have to be 
uh, affirmed for this job by the Senate. And he absolutely did not want any questions whatsoever in the Senate because, you know, something really, really horrible went down in Benghazi and everybody knows about it. And everybody also knows who's responsible for Benghazi. And this is this is the piece we hadn't put together. And this is why John McCain is so nutsoid about Benghazi, because the guy who called off all of the the support, the air support, the guy who called off um, any any rescue efforts for uh, the the ambassador and the other operatives in Benghazi, which guy was that, John? I mean, we know it wasn't the president because he didn't talk to anyone. We know it wasn't Hillary Lucifer Clippity Clop because she didn't talk to anyone that night. Who was it that Ooh. actually... John Brennan. Oh, jeez. And this yeah. is this is what we hadn't connected. So these guys, they they do Good not man. they want to under any circumstances they are too afraid to death that Brennan will become CIA CIA director because he kills their people. And now there's a direct competition between the CIA and the DIA. The DIA currently looking for 5,000 new spies. I'm sorry, um, asymmetrical warfare, uh, what is it, AWG, Delta operators, A- the asymmetrical warfare operatives. Delta? F- no, it's douchebag. No, Delta operators. Okay. The, the Delta operators, you see, are analysts and advisors of the DIA. So you can, and they're all over the place. They're in Mali. They're in Algeria. You can drop these guys in wherever you want. You don't need any senatorial approval. They're not officially boots on the ground. So there's now a war, which we've known. Are they the advisors? Yes, consultants. So they're consultants. So there's they're looking. They're hiring five thousand of them. It's a lot. That's the DIA. Okay, the Defense Intelligence Agency, and they are in direct competition with the CIA and the CIA. Now, Brennan, who was just he was a consultant, he was an advisor. And he's the one that said, no, the White House says you don't send any planes to go save our people. Because, you know, of of course, he was in on the whole, you know, kidnapping uh, that went awry. And that's why John McCain, who was famously, of course, um, uh, a military operative, is doing this kind of crap with uh, Chip Gregory uh, last Sunday on the uh, on the, the chips show. The president said this week on the issue of Benghazi, you guys are running out of things to ask about. So let me ask you at the end of the day here on Benghazi, if the worst thing is true, what is that truth about how the president handled this this crisis? Well, I don't know the answer to that question. I See, he knows the answer, but he can't say it. He needs to get this out. I do know that there's so many answers we don't know. For example, what did the president do the night of the attack? We know he met with the, with the Secretary of Defense and the chair, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff on a, another issue and then never talked to them again. Uh, we know that the Secretary of State, who said she was clear-eyed, never saw the warnings about the fact that the consulate could not uh, withstand an attack. Why was that? We we don't even still know who's we've had five different versions of who put together the talking points. And we know who put together now it was Brennan. We want to know why the president alleged to Mitt Romney in a debate that he had called it a terrorist attack when he hadn't. And in an interview that very night of September 12th, he said he didn't know what it was. And for two weeks later, kept saying he didn't know what kind of attack it was. And in testimony, the secretary of defense and chief of staff, uh, the uh, chairman of the joint chiefs of staff both said they knew that night. There's so many questions about Benghazi. We've had two 
two movies uh, about getting bin Laden, and we don't even know who the people were who were evacuated from uh, the consulate the next day after the attack. Isn't that amazing that we still don't know that? That like 50 people? 50 people? So, so Brennan, Brennan is the one who said to Alan, dude, you are not going to Congress. You are not going to testify. You are leaving now, or I'm going to completely ruin you. Which, of course, you know, he has uh, the emails, you know, the sexed up emails. All these guys are all sexed up. They're all boning chicks everywhere. The, you know, the huge cocks just walking around because they can. Uh, well, front page of today's New York Times. Which I don't <coughs> read. White yeah. House refusing legal memo access. They're trying to submarine Brennan. Uh, and it's the Democrats, too. It's not Jimmy. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Which makes sense if you're going to take the theory that both sides, everybody knows. The White House is refusing to share fully with Congress the legal opinions that justify targeted killings are still after that. Mm-hmm. While maneuvering to make sure its stance does not do anything in, to endanger the confirmation of, in other words, the White House still wants Brennan in as CIA director. Yep. Rather than agreeing to some Democratic senators... Demands for full access to the classified legal memos on the targeted killing program. Obama administration officials are negotiating with Republicans to provide more information. Why, why Republicans? On the lethal attacks of the American diplomatic compound in Benghazi, according to the congressional staff. So this is front page right now. So something's up. Well, here's what's up. So according to my source... Uh, my source says there will be lots of people leaking information because they are because the the military is really really angry that you know their people were left out to dry. I mean you know duh, and they you know we know General Ham was told to step down. People were you know people have been arrested, thrown out of the military. You know Petraeus was, and of course you know they, they had all they all had their ulterior motives. I mean I think there was also a potential military coup. Uh, being set up where Petraeus is, and he still may run for uh, presidential candidate in 2016. I mean, it's it's all very possible. I think that was going on, um, but for sure they're like. And, and my my uh, operative is saying, you know, hey, I'm angry too that you know we're, that uh, we're just being left out to dry. And he says Kerry knows nothing. Our new uh, uh, Secretary of State, his you know the, he's there's the big empty waterhead as they call him. And he better get a clue quick because, according to my source, more um, ambassadors will die. How about that, huh? That's a good one. No, it's not good, but it's it's well, one. Well, no, the, I mean that's a good piece of book. tidbit. So what I said, well, is, you know, Carrie. By the way, not you mentioned him. I do. I didn't make a clip of it, but I was going to do a joke clip. Yeah. But Carrie gave a speech. Yeah, about global warming. <laughs> it was the longest speech. It went on for. For days, and it went on about this and that. I, I and miss, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I miss that Hillary. That guy is an idiot. I miss Hillary so much. And well, of course, back. and of course, uh, now the FBI is investigating the Heinz uh, sale for insider trading. So, you, so that's how they get Kerry. So we need we need something to no, blackmail it wasn't her. Kerry that did that. No, but she, well, who knows if he was in on it or not? I doubt it. Oh, all right. So I told our operative the following. I said, we will listen to any leak, uh, complete anonymity assured. You know, I'll meet you anywhere, whatever you, you better want. better make sure you're anonymous in all kinds of different ways because they're going to go after you for sure. 
And uh, I also asked, uh, how could we uh, get one of those uh, DIA uh, asymmetric warfare gigs? I think we'd be great consultants. Yeah, we would. <laughs> Analyst or advisors. Like, Come on, man, get us on. And he sent me to a web page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is asymmetric warfare? Here, I'll tell you. The, I know what asymmetric warfare is. I'm all over it. What is asymmetric warfare? It's where you have a, an unbalanced uh, attacker. In other words, it like essentially it's like... If you're like a small group of a small cadre uh, set up in whatever whatever organizational structure you want, and you do nothing but take pot shots right at a at a helpless large opponent, it's essentially like ankle biting. You know, you get well, a little. Well, we'd be perfect for that. Somebody kicks you in the shin and runs off. It's essentially what's asymmetrical <laughs> warfare is a little kid shin kicker. <laughs> Kicking in, in the shin, and, and then as you try away. to chase him, he runs off. You can't catch him. All right. Operational advisor in the uh, asymmetric warfare group. Um, here's the position that's available. Operate in an unconstrained and undefined environment where there are no scripts and where the enemy does not follow a playbook. I'd say that's... Uh, that's, that's we got that it's written all over us. us. Understand the support unit, supported unit's operational environment or battle space from the platoon to division levels and the associated commander's priorities. Yeah, I'll just say we got that. I'm, I'm not quite sure what it means, but it sounds <laughs> like we can, we, can, in the we can figure it out. Understand the bigger picture and priorities of the theater commander since they affect sub subordinates' decision-making processes. Oh, say yes Oil to the pipelines. boss. Oil pipelines. <laughs> Oil pipelines, yes. Understand the friendly... Neutral and threat actors at the different levels without the luxury of developing that knowledge over a period of months. Well, hello, this is what we do twice a week. Generate networks within the supported unit and from outside agencies in order to attack and solve complex problems. Well, we're all, we already got your network. We're talking to your people already. Understand the influencers within the supported organization. Yeah, Brennan. Get to the root cause of a problem and develop an attainable solution given current constraints and limitations. Brennan, <laughs> also Brennan. Trait, <laughs> Brennan. All right, so here's the traits we look for in operational advisors. Adaptability, flexibility, problem-solving skills, time management skills, organizational skills. Mm, I don't know about that. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, <laughs> well, we might, we, a weak spot. <laughs> Our Achilles heel. <laughs> Ability to plan. Interpersonal skills, hmm, compatibility, communication skills, ability to deal with ambiguity, decision-making skills, and ability to self-motivate. Oh, yeah. I can self-motivate all day long. So we can apply. Yeah. Click here That's to apply. How does it pay, though? Oh, it's probably... Hmm, I think you get most of it in, 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 in uh, filthy lucre. I got certificate-based authentication failed. Wow! No, it's because your 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 rig has been compromised. <laughs> Speaking of which, how awesome is it that we're about to go to war with the Chiners over some bogative report? Talking about that book, yeah. Well, something's going on. But how about this for for I'm listening to it. Unfortunately, I don't have a clip of it because the reasons inexplicable. Uh, so I'm listening to some more of these. Uh, Pentagon guys moaning about, oh, God, we're they're taking 7%, but it's somehow it's 30%. We're losing 30%. We can't do this. We can't do that. What are we going to get? We're not going to be prepared. And the way he kept saying it over and over, 
we're not going to be prepared for the next war. There's a war coming, and we're not prepared. We're not going to be prepared. We don't have the money. We we as if we're going to be. We are in perpetual war. Well, so I had another operator talk to me who was uh, boots on the ground. This you're talking about the sequestration, about the you know yes. week left or whatever. An extreme on the last show. Yeah, well, we have a, a huge, uh, which I think is great. You know, let's be honest. Let's just stop spending whatever. You know, so we'll have all kinds of homeless people eating cat food. You know, I'm a fan of getting these things over quick. Yeah, when 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 I met when I met Mickey and I knew that I'd fallen in love with her, I told my wife almost immediately because it it sucks no matter what. It's painful no matter what. I'm I'm for ripping it off uh, and dealing with the pain up front and not dragging it out. So that's my that's my philosophy in life, and it hurts. It's painful and it's not fun, but I feel like get it get it going up front. So let me state that. But these guys, so if you look at the the military industrial complex, which comprises, I think, isn't it almost at this point, all of the, almost all the money that we pay in taxes goes into the military. Isn't that kind of what it is? I mean, they say No, half, actually, that's not true. Most of it goes to uh, uh, the Medicare and, and uh, half, Social Security. Half, half. It's got to be at least half. Yeah, about half. It's about half. half. Okay. It's a lot. Yeah, so... Now, we've spoken to many people, particularly the first Hot Pockets tour. We went around the Virginia area. All of these... Right, Spook Central. Yeah, well, all, it's not just spooks, but it's it's all these operations, all particularly when it comes to <clears throat> to technology. These are fiefdoms, and the people who run these fiefdoms, they protect their the money that comes in, and they build up these huge things, and they've got people that they pay, and everyone's on the take, and everyone's getting blown, and they got hookers and everything, and it's a huge freaking bonanza. And they never believed that this would actually happen. They never really believed it, and of course... Now that, you know, it's like when you're in bed with the mob and you go, hey, listen, mobsters, you know, I got to I can't pay you t- this week because of this st- stupid sequestration thing. There's all kinds of, you know, people are freaking out when you have to put a an aircraft carrier into the dock because it's not coming out or whatever. This is it is very significant in their delusional world in their yeah, world. And by of the way, grandeur. I want to people that, that there was a really good example of what Adam kind of glossed over a second ago. It, one of the Soprano episodes, uh, Tony Soprano had made friends with this, this guy. Had actually made friends with him. He was a sporting goods guy, and he ran the store. And he borrowed some money from Tony for something, and he didn't pay him back on time, thinking so Tony would let it slide. And Tony just beat the crap out of him on the spot. And then you know, I'm not your friend. And he, it was just like a, a eye opener for this idiot who ended up losing the store. And I don't know. So this is going to happen to people. People are gonna, basically the. The military version of, of Tony Soprano beating the crap out of you. Because and, and this and it, it does go all all the way all across the board. And so I understand people are freaking out and we spend too much in our military. And, you know, I, I always hear that we're 10 times as big as all other military combined. Well, we could be five times. You know, the problem is it puts hundreds of thousands of people out of work, which we're bound to hit anyway. If not in you know October, then in five years, and it's going to happen. So I'd rather go through the real depression now. Just go. Come on, we, the cat food is—they've tested it. You know, you, you can eat it five days a week, and you won't it die. It does have some dolphin in it, but that's. You know. <laughs> so this is the way the media I have a little montage here—a one-minute montage of uh, your news media, because <clears throat> I know that you, uh, people listening to the show don't uh, watch that anymore. 
this is how the slaves are being mind-controlled about this. There's a serious catch, though, to this month's crisis in Washington, just for starters. What we're looking at here is a possible loss of 750,000 American jobs by the end of the year. President Obama is warning of dire consequences for all of us if lawmakers don't act quickly. The justice system is going to be affected across the board, especially the Justice Department. The president has said is an issue of national security. Well, if you're flying out of airports like BWI, you are really looking for a tough time if these force budgets do actually go through. Just this morning, the president said, quote, hundreds of thousands of Americans will lose access to primary care and preventive care like flu vaccinations and cancer screenings. And the White House also estimates that cuts to mental health funding will leave 373,000 Americans left untreated. Now, that might mean scaling back on youth violence prevention programs that politicians on both sides of the aisle want to see more of after that shooting in, in Newtown. The Agriculture Department also thinks our food supply might be at risk. <laughs> We're all going to die. We're all going to die. Die, die, I tell you. All right, you can give that clip of the week. No, no, no. There's, yeah, there's, yeah, there's yeah. Better. There's better. There's no, better. No, no, no. Give it to I don't feel good about that. I don't care. I called it. You have to. When somebody oh. calls it, they call it. Clip of the day. I'll tell you why. It's because the, I mean, besides this panicky thing. Mm-hmm. It always goes back to the calculation we did, 7%. So Popular Science did a study about uh, uh, people eating cat food, and their um, suggestion is to get the Newman's Own canned beef formula, as uh, it is a cat food consisting of free-range beef from Uruguay, chock full of vitamins. Huh. Yeah. Let me and, write that down. They also say in this article that technically a human can uh, ingest and uh, digest a baseball. <laughs> so, <laughs> not recommending that as a survival well, strategy. Softball then would be doubly good. <laughs> anyway, so uh, of course, you know, all of the stupid news media have to play along with the dumb script. Uh, like, oh well, what's going to happen, boss? This is really going. This is not going to go. And of course. Um, up there on uh, on in James Carney's territory, James Carney is the spokeshole for the uh, the Obama administration. Um, there is a new woman in the press corps who had the audacity to uh, ask uh, what we discussed on this program, uh, if not Sunday the week before. Uh, was this not the president's idea in the first place? It was kind of his idea, and the way we understand it, it was like, hey. If you don't come up with you know the goods on this thing, then uh, I'll, I'll I'll make it law so that we just have to cut everybody. <laughs> They'll never go for that. And of course, uh, it was all set up for the Republicans to call his bluff. But she they did she and they did. And here we are. And she had the audacity of hope to ask remind us <laughs> to remind us that this was the president's idea. Oh, she's done. She's so out. It's bad for the middle class. And lastly, didn't uh, everyone agrees that sequester is a bad idea? But didn't it? Originate then the idea for the sequester originate here at the White House. Well, we've been through this a lot. I know you're filling in, but the uh... no. <laughs> shut up. Hey. <laughs> but wait, here's here's the fundamental fact. Facts. During the deficit reduction of the debt ceiling negotiations, uh, there because the Republicans refused to embrace balance, uh, refused to uh, in the end uh, join hands with the president and 
pursue a grand bargain, uh, there was an absolute necessity to avoid the default. And both sides were looking for trigger mechanisms. This is complicated budget speak. Ooh. So listen, slave, I know you're filling in, and this is complicated budget speak. Trigger mechanisms. Wow. Do you think we can figure it out? Trigger, trigger mechanisms. No, no. Too dumb for me. No. Nope. You got to run a douchebag clip right there. Yeah, I think you're right. Douchebag. What an a-hole. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Hey, I know you're filling in, and uh, I will kick your ass later. you out of your mind asking these questions. Yeah, douchebag. Shut up. And then uh, uh, on the MSNBC's Chris Matthews, um, he actually told the truth for once. Oh, that's odd. Yeah, but he didn't quite realize it. Oh. Let me finish tonight with this. I think the difference between the Democrats and Republicans is getting as wide as the Grand Canyon. Watch how they do it. President Obama wants to keep the government going. Pretty simple, huh? Republicans threaten to stop it. It's relentless. The fiscal abyss, the debt ceiling, the sequester, the end of the continuing resolution. Different words, different deadlines all detonate the same explosion. They threaten to crash the government if they don't like the way it's doing something. If they don't like who the American people have elected as president. Isn't that what the Republicans did back in the old days? If they didn't like a government somewhere, Guatemala Iran, the Dominican Republic, Chile, they just brought it down. Guess what? Republicans are now using the same tactic here at home. If they don't like who we've elected president, they find some way to undermine the government, discredit its leaders, whatever it takes to destroy it. We are using in this country the same old Cold War CIA tactics to destabilize our own country. Yes, exactly. Only it's not a Republican-Democrat thing, but that is exactly what is happening. We are doing the exact same thing we do. And by the way, he forgot to mention uh, some of the Democrat uh, uh, president uh, countries like, uh, you know, the Balkans under Clinton and, uh, you know, Carter. And there's a couple of uh, a couple he left out there. But that is indeed what is happening. We are just destroying uh, the world and and the United States along with it. Not not intended to make this any great place to be. That's not that's not in the plan. So I didn't, I didn't have a chance. I downloaded it, but I didn't have a chance to listen to the new Dvorak Horowitz un, Unplugged, which I enjoy immensely. And I, I thought that just looking at the title and the topics, like, oh, this is going to be good. I, I'd like to just get a little update, if you don't mind. Um, one, uh, uh, when is it? Uh, when are we all going to die financially? And uh, two, how does gold fit into this? Because gold has been just hammered down. You know me, I, I like gold. Yeah, you do. Uh, I don't sell it. I don't sell seeds. I don't sell gold bullion and coins. I like having it. And I bought it when it was $850 an ounce, and now it still is you know, $1,500, so it's still almost double. But um, at a time where the Germans are saying, we want our gold back, everyone's like, where's our gold? The Chinese, apparently, everyone's buying gold. Now, all of a sudden, gold is down like, what, $30, $40 in the, in the span of uh, a couple weeks? What is happening uh, John C. Dvorak, uh, uh, Nobel Prize winning economist here. It was overpriced. It's just being sold <laughs> off. It's overpriced. But isn't, there, isn't it supposed to be like the, the, the place that everyone flocks to when... when uh, well, the, yeah, when the market's crashing, but the market's doing quite well. Because, well, no, it's, the market was down because we heard the, the Federal oh, it's Reserve... it's down a couple of points. It's in the 13,000s, and it keeps hitting 14. <laughs> it's going to probably go to 15. Maybe. <laughs> really? Yes, yeah, what it looks like, but and I think a lot of it has to do with all this. I've said it before, and you said, "Oh, I don't get that." And I, you know, I think it's from all the wealth we're pulling out of all those tar sands and all the crappy natural gas we're putting out there for free, 
And excuse, uh, me, I think, excuse me, you have me confused with someone else. I've never even heard this theory of yours. Yeah, it's a couple of weeks ago I gave it to you, and you were just well, I mean, maybe you weren't listening. No, that happened. Say it again. I want to understand. My thesis is is that we didn't ha- we have a forty year and eighty year old depression cycle that kind of means every eighty years are really bad, which is the one we're in, and every forty years they're bad but not as bad. And uh, the only one of the reasons that nobody believes this thesis is because there was no that the period from eighteen fifty to eighteen sixty. There was no massive depression, although there was one in 1857. And that's because of the free money that was pumped into the system, to today's equivalent of $30 right. trillion dollars because in of the discovery money. Of the discovery of gold. Gold and silver, <clears throat> right. all in the new world. There's just tons <clears throat> right. of it coming right. in. Right, right, right. So you're saying In fact, that- if you read the books, the first books, by the way, that were written about depressions and what happened and how it happened and all the rest began in 1857. In 1857, there are still some books available in some of the older libraries who haven't burned these books about the Depression of 1857 that was maybe right. printed in the 1860s anyway. So I believe that that influx of cash or or essentially printed money uh, found gold uh, into the economy, kept it from going into a depression until 1857 when it should have crashed in 1853 or before, in 1849, maybe 18, you know, something modeled after the 39 situation. Today, we have a similar situation with all the, apparently, all the oil and gas that we found in the USA that is producing, I think, a lot of wealth similar to the gold wealth, and that is pushing off the inevitable depression, and it may push it off. I don't know if there's enough of it, but it may push it off until uh, 2017. Oh, okay. So, you, so, but... So, we're seeing a similar situation from hmm. 1849 to uh, 1860. Okay, now, I, now I remember the conversation because what I said is I, I took a little bit of issue with it because I can't just go with my pan down to the river and get me some shale gas and go sell Yeah, it. well, if you were living in Chicago, you couldn't do that during the gold rush. It, it was just individuals. But anyway, that's beside the point. Uh, the thing that we always have to re- remember is the real problem with the cycle theory is that there's a, there's a war cycle involved. Mm-hmm. And that means we're engulfed uh, to to a major extent in 2020 in some sort of conflagration. That so, is, so like, okay, very so, unpleasant situation. World War <laughs> kind of sucks. That will suck. <laughs> but but so what happened to October? I mean, so October because you've also said that October we're gonna everything's gonna come crashing down. Is that now off the books? Is that now not no, happening? No, I, I, I'm saying I don't. I'm not sure that we're getting enough wealth out of the ground oh, free. Okay. okay. Right. So I don't know. I mean, this is I, all I do is in, in my cycle book, which is yet to see print, uh, as, as I discuss the possibilities, <laughs> what kind of things fall into place. I think it's yet to see. Don't have a crash. We could have a crash in October still. I, don't know. I think it's yet to see manuscript. I don't know if it's yet to see print. I don't. I don't think it's manuscript form yet. Okay. Anyway, the point is, I just this is the situation as it now exists. So we may, but whatever the case is, nobody in any of these cycles has ever been able to avoid the seventh year crash. It happened in the 30s. It happened in the 70s. In fact, the 70s are very funny. It happened in the 1857. It's always so that you can, you're not going to get around that one. So it That's, happened in in 1987. No, no, 77. But that also, was the last cycle. Wasn't, oh, that was the last one? What the happened? 87 crash, which is not really a, it was a flash crash. Mm-hmm. It's actually an 80 year cycle. It happened in the 1907 
And anyone who was familiar with this phenomenon, which happens every 80 years, where you have a one or two day <clears throat> can I, can I make a suggestion? you can make tons of money on, mm-hmm. will happen again 80 years uh, in 18 or nine, or sorry, 2067. Here's what, right? I, here, yeah. here's what I would recommend. 2067, sell everything for just the, you know, just for the crash and then buy. <laughs> okay. So, so my, as a friend and a, and a colleague, my suggestion would be to get the book ready, you know, like, and even if you print it yourself or whatever, and then pick like your, I like your 2017 target and just keep stick to the message because you know you're you confuse me every single time just say i like all that you know just go cycle i like it when you spout off years and like oh this and that and gold rush but never ever say you know well it might not just you know you got to be like we're gonna die in 2017 followed yeah, by yeah, world yeah. war in 2020 just it's all gonna suck we're gonna yeah, die yeah. no i that that has not changed no no because no it does you don't do it right no, no you think it does <laughs> but i'm look i'm the audience i'm asking the question and well, then you confuse me this is the thing that, i want to feel know, good like, about uh, death i want to feel good about death in the future so i gotta get this in print because yeah. it, then like you know people can point at it and say what about this and i can say and then i can explain it yes exactly Yes, I know. You got to get the. How do? How can I help? I'm doing so much work deconstructing the news for this audience. I know. I know. <laughs> that is very difficult to get this thing finished. Although I'd say it's mostly written. I have the vinegar book is also also written. It just needs to be edited the down. Vin- I've never even heard of the vinegar book. <laughs> I've heard of the salt book, the egg book, the cycles book. The vin- now there's a vinegar book. Oh yeah, the vinegar book. Really? Yeah. Huh. Is there any and other? Then I, it became even more imperative when I read the uh, article in the recent Seattle Times about how to make homemade vinegar, and it's just wrong. It's, it's basically you're making a, a something that's just going to make you upset. Poison, poison. Anyway, making poison. We'll talk about vinegar on another show. Yeah, you have to have a mother. I know that you got to have a mother. Yeah, mother, right? Yeah. What is what is a mother? I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh yeah, that'd be fab. So we had uh, a newsletter that we sent out, and uh, yes. even beyond the newsletter, uh, John and I had uh, two conversations outside of the show, which is very distressing. It's it's it, it is ex- yes, I can't put it any other way. It is extremely distressing, and the reason for these conversations um, is because we both felt. Um, that the donation segment has become something beyond our control. It's too long. And how do we solve and it's this? Boring. I think you know. I think it's it bores becoming some boring. People. Yes. Now let's. Well, can let's, I, I'd like. I'd like to say. I'd like to get the elephant in the room within view because I've thought about this since our last conversation. Did you look at any of the notes that people sent us? I have not looked at any of the notes. Oh you, oh, oh, you mean the emails? Yeah, no, tons of emails that people sent and with all kinds of ideas. Yeah. I want to get the actual issue on the table, and then we can talk about ideas, okay? Because people are very helpful. They're saying, you know, raise the limit, you know, don't do, no notes, uh, uh, only executive producers should do notes, or, um, you know, nothing under $100. I mean, there's a million, a million ideas a million different times a day, just a million things. <clears throat> here's the issue. Here's what I am most afraid of, and I want to get it out, get it off my chest, and then I, I'll feel better moving forward. Thanks. The issue here is the fear 
that people are donating only to get their message out there and get some kind of jingle combo or karma or whatever, and it's not actually for support of the show. So my fear is that if we change this, that and I live 100% off of this money. I have no other income but this. My fear is that if we change this, the, the way the donation segment works in any manner, that we'll wind up with less money. And as I say that, I, I would rather be poor than think that people are only donating to, you know, to have, you know, to have you read it in a stoner voice and they don't care about the show. If it's not for the show, then I would just rather I not have saying, it. I think this is good. Do you this feel, do you feel the same way? This, apparently. I did. And, 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 I, and I was like, you know, I don't want to be a whore to the, to a corporate entity, but I also don't want people just sending money because, you know, we're like the court jesters and like, oh, look, Adam did a funny combo of jingles. Oh, look, uh, they, uh, oh, I got a karma jingle. Oh, you know, uh, John read it in a stoner voice. Look what I can make him do now. Oh, Atlas Shrug jingle. Oh, John hates it. That is not actually supporting the work we're doing. So if, if it's not for supporting the work we're doing, then I would rather make less money. That That's kind of my feeling. Huh. So whatever we do, as long as it's for support of the work and not for, you know, I'm okay with reading notes, and sometimes people have very uh, interesting things to say, and I think that you know we read everything regardless. Um, I'm not just I'm just not sure that it's helpful for reading all of these long diatribes, and I just look at the at the list again today, and I can see that it's going to take us 45 minutes to get through it if we read every single one all the way through. And I like the I like the numerology. I like Swazzle enough, but, you know, at a certain point, I think it's not going to be entertaining. And I think we're getting very close to that. And it really isn't that constructive for the deconstruction we do. All right. It's, I, think you're re- I think it's reasonable that you, you feel this way. How do you feel? I don't. I believe that we should just raise the uh, limit for where we start reading and we should just thank people just I, I'm I'm under the camp that we should do a minimum number of reads, some selected ones from the lower numbers, and then uh, thank everybody that's over fifty dollars because everything under fifty dollars is anonymous by by rule, and or even raise the anonymous point, and and just essentially cut the segment in half, but still read you know all the executives and all those guys because they they tend to be judicious about the uh, uh, their donations. The, the executive producers, the, the top four or five people that donate on any show. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I'm thinking. But, you know, we have a million emails that came in on the new email, uh, which I'll tell people if you want to get a hold of us, you, although I don't know how effective it's going to be in the long term, which is NA feedback. Yeah, can I ask you, what the hell were you thinking? About what? NA feedback at outlook.com? I tried no agenda. Somebody took it. I tried no agenda show and somebody took it. Really? I tried, I tried all kinds of stuff and they were all gone. All the no agenda related names were gone. So I just made a NA feedback and that's nobody stole that. Hold on. Hold on one second, John. I got an emergency here. Hold on. So as Adam goes off to, uh, clear up whatever happened there, I guess his house is on fire. Just moved in. Let me thank a few people that are on this list. Turn the air conditioner down for me. Like cooler. Thank you. 
Oh, here he comes. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't even want to explain what happened. Peter uh, Bennett in Brooklyn, Ontario, 12407, which is an uninteresting number. Uh, he says that we must continue to read the producer's note. He gets a kick out of it, and he should put that in an email to NA Feedback. Can I, can I, can I say one other thing uh, kind of about this? I'm sorry. It's, it's an important topic. My suggestion was that we take our own, this is what we, you and I discussed off air, that we take our own poetic license and we just edit these things down yeah. bef- before the show. And you have balked at that. And I don't understand yeah. why. Because this, this spreadsheet comes in five minutes before the show so starts. So then let's start the show later. What difference is it? Sit around make? editing? Yeah, I know it's actual work, but I'm sorry. I mean, do you realize that after every show, no, it's, when you go off on your I merry see, way, I, do you realize that I do I stuff? I have edited stuff. In fact, I've edited stuff on the fly, and you said, well, you didn't say this. No, I, no that's different. That's different because I'm reading well, along no, with you. It, I'm, it, it is no, very different. It is different. No, no, and here's what I'm saying. It's not you. It's them. You're going to say something. I'm going to read the guy's note, and it's going to, and I'm going to leave a little thing out that he really. That's all he really wanted was the thing that I cut out. Is what he wanted, and I'm going to get a no, another note, and it's right. going to become a nightmare. Okay, no, good point. I got it. I agree with that. So, but aren't our listeners producers? Yes. Well, they they should take some responsibility as producers and 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 help produce a better show. Well, I'm. I would agree with that. We discussed that if they would just cut these notes down from the, the length that they are, they're like you know, hundred words, two hundred words. They, they, they take you know this one. The Peter Bennett's, for example, in Brooklyn, he's got a long note that should have been sent to No Agenda out at, at Outlook or NA feedback at Outlook dot com. Although he might not be on the mailing list, I think that people. I think the first thing we can do. I'm just, you know what? I'm I'm going to say this. I'm sick and tired of doing. I, I don't mind if you want a karma shot. I'm sick and tired of being your monkey boy with your jingles. It's not funny anymore. I'll do it for executive producers, a couple. But it, what is the point? Is this what value does this bring to anyone's life? Well, I think the karma seems to have an effect. Yes. I but agree, all the I other agree. stuff may be a little bit much, and people keep asking for four, you know, and or more, even three. I don't know. I mean, so so look at Peter Bennett. I mean, he's typical. So he says, um, uh, "If more, he's a, I want you will obey karma shot with a buzzer." If someone asks to hear a clip that was played somewhere between episode 14 and 35, but only the first 7.34 seconds through Adam's bullhorn. I mean, you know what? It's just like, why? I mean, I don't, I don't get it. But then I look at that and go like, what's well, $124.07? Well, so that's not going to show up anymore? Because well, I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm, we'll willing find to risk, out. I'm willing to risk it. That's what you say. Yeah, well. We have to still have a model that we that we agree on. The model is the model is value for value, and if people I'm talking about a model for what the cutoffs are and who's an executive producer and all the rest. So what? So my thought was the same. I want to I want to take the thing up from fifty dollars for all the mentions and just thank everybody with a list of names. You know, this guy, that guy, this woman, that woman. You know, whatever for fifty dollars. Yeah, that's the level or anything above. I don't understand. No, no. To be another level, like a hundred, before we read anything, and then anything below that, we just so you're thank talking the about inflation and say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, and you're done. All right, so you're talking about inflation, essentially. Yeah, exactly, inflation. And I would like to 
producers to kind of cut down on their long-windedness. I mean, there are some people that have funny stories, but generally speaking, you right. know. Well, I think let's, I, here let's let's read these, and then we can say what why it should be short. Okay, we'll we'll we will uh, evaluate every uh, note. That's in the donation segment. Yes, in this donation segment today. Well, then we could play, might as well do the whole uh, thing from uh, Bennett. Uh, an interesting number. You must continue to read the producer notes. I get a kick out of your reading the notes. I have sent you along with my contribution. I don't mind the length, but I can see how some anally retentive listeners could get grumpy. For me, the longer the better. I've got a long commute. Suggestions for executive and associate. He read their comments at it if, if excessive. We talked about that. So he goes on, minimum donation sixty nine sixty nine, which is what I thought was was not bad. And he goes on with some other stuff about minimum jingles and all the rest. Anyway, he uh, okay. But then he has this. If someone here likes to hear a clip that was played between episode fourteen and thirty five, I only play the first seven point three four seconds, and through Adam's bullhorn, then give them. I don't. It's just, no. It's not going. That's never going to work. Uh, anyway, he wants a karma shot with a URL. He wants you will obey karma shot buzzer. See already, uh, I'm already not uh, not doing this right because uh, I was going to say something that um, what people don't take into account because he's like, oh, the longer the better. Okay, very funny. But after the, you know, this is like, this is real. This is not only mental. This is physical work. And after we go through these very long donation segments, I don't know about you. I'm tired. And then I'm tired, and then we, you know, then we rush because it's long, and I'm tired, and then there's stuff that doesn't get handled properly, and that's the actual value we're supposed to be bringing. You will obey. You will obey. You will obey. You've got karma. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, I'm donating $111. So, so, when, so when you, I, I, I got to stay on this. So when you make us tired with long notes, you are hurting the actual show. There you go. I would agree with that. I also think it changes the pace of the show. Yes. Luckily, the second half is usually repaced. Uh, Michael Maluski in Melbourne, Melbourne, Australia. I'm donating one eleven eleven as a famous donation of 2011 is, is the last year when everything was going well for me. Probably because my wife, Sarah, was turning 33 that year. Coincidence? I think not. That year, things were going so well that when someone called me out as a douche on Twitter... My ex-employer de-douched me and had the tweet deleted. Little did I know that they had no such right to play with these higher powers, only entrusted in the greatest podcast in the universe. So as an all-show listener, in other words, he's read everything from show one or heard everything, and never donated, probably he's not getting the newsletter, I need a de-douching. I've enjoyed the years of evolution of the show and especially of John slowly warming and taking part in what seems mostly Adam's influence on the use of jingles. I don't know about that. Expletives and musical well, instruments. <clears throat> rarely. And musical instruments. I'm the one who got the slide whistle. As it is my Milfy wife's birthday today, and we have that listed, uh, put Sarah, yeah, 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 yeah. We'd like to give her the gift that keeps giving. Don't eat me, Hillary Milf Karma. Don't eat Clinton? No. That's one mother I'd like to. You've got karma. So here's an example of a note. You could have just said, hey, I've never donated. I'm a douche. Here's uh, here's my donation. Here's why it's this number. And uh, I'd like you to say hi to my wife. Oh, put her on the birthday list. 
Oh, yeah. wait, I have to Which put on the birthday list? We, if you put birthday in there, it gets on there 90% of the time. But she's not on. She should be. Well, I don't know. He put the logo here. Oh, okay. All right, so she's on. Good. Oh, great. Read the next one. Well, I have to read the next one? You got the phone ringing. Well, but who cares? I mean, what is it? Like, who, who? It's annoying. <laughs> what could, what could ring possibly... Ring. Just could... drive me crazy. <laughs> Patrick Coble, Sir Patrick Coble. I thought you were going to... I thought, well, just take 11, it off the hook. 11, 11. It's just the same, you know, I, I'm making notes on this. this. Is the These are the people that have been calling me two or three times a day. It's Sarah from account services or now some guy who begins the phone call with, do not hang up. <laughs> what is the first thing you're going to do? Hang up, of course. <laughs> anyway, Coble and Nashville, and you see, it'll keep ringing. That's the problem. They have, it's on okay, all right, I'll, I'll go. Will you just go hanging up? Don't answer. Just go take the phone off the hook. Ah, it went off by itself. Okay, it was probably me. Oh, it's magic. Sir Patrick Coble to you. The donation is for Sir Joe Cool Designs and his awesome custom no agenda racing helmet. Final wrap for an upcoming track day this weekend. I want to make sure we get a karma shot with an LGY for Sir Joe Cool Designs, Jim, Bob, Maggie. Uh, and Sir Joe Cool Designs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so give him a uh, karma shot. Yay. <laughs> Yay! You've got... Karma. Uh oh. Tough one. Chun, let's see. Sh- Chun Shia Wang. Chun Shia, I think. Kansas City, is, X is usually pronounced S H. Kansas City, Kansas, 100. In the morning from Manchuria. Hmm. Wow. Hopefully, some karma will lead to success in our efforts to improve our economic situation. Only can improve at this point. Well, let's help you with that then. You've got karma. Zachary Stager or Stagger. Stager. It's got to be Stager. Stager. Troy, Ohio. Pleased to see this newsletter about altering the donation segment. Its length has been bothering me for some time. I enjoy hearing the occasional funny story or tidbit of regional information from the producers, but playing jingles over and over and over again is becoming stale and taking up time. Thanks, Zach. Yeah, right on, Zach. Thank you. Note: Raymond Williams with no comment from Lafayette, Louisiana. Hundred dollars. Adrian Vernoy. 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 Adrian Vernoy. Meppel. 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 Thank you for the uh, Holland, of course. Thank you for the work you put in every week. Much appreciated. Could I please get a karma shot for my family and friends? Yes, absolutely. That's a great note, Adrian. Thank you. You've got karma. Heather Aronson in San Francisco. And Heather obviously didn't get the email. Warning, drunk donation. Stop, John stopped bellyaching about Microsoft and the effing ribbon. I'm a PowerPoint designer, and I do that, by the way. I complain endlessly about the ribbon. I'm a PowerPoint designer from last year. My company switched from 2003 to 2010, and I learned that shit in less than 36 hours. Wait a minute. It took you 36 hours? <laughs> to learn how to use the ribbon? Holy crap, and you think that's good? I don't even know what the ribbon is. I don't it's have... a new interface that they put in, and Microsoft I don't have, I don't it's got a bunch of crap across the top that you can't figure out. Here's 100 bucks, so you can take 45 minutes off and learn it. It's going to take me 36 hours. I'm using it now. Anyway, she says, shut up already. I'm drunk on a small batch of quadruples distilled vodka from London while cooking my uh, vegan dinner. 
Shit, I think I'm a hipster. <laughs> anyway, you know it's all in love. Shoot me some karma bitches. Oh, <laughs> well, here's some bitch karma. You've got <laughs> karma. Now they're drinking straight-up vodka. By the way, Pabst, Jonathan Bingham, new provider, New Jersey. Sorry, uh, my first hold donation. On a, no, hold on a second. That's New Providence, new provider. Is this, I, all, I got, all I see on here is new provider. <laughs> is this the is this the ribbon? I'm using Open Office. It seems fine on my Open Office. Oh, the, oh, oh I see it is. New and provider. I also know there's no new provider <laughs> in New Jersey. <laughs> that good. What is this? I like new provider. <laughs> is this? If, is this? If the, if you got that R that N right in half, which my spreadsheet did. <laughs> It says new provider. It made sense. This is a, a medical uh, village. New provider <laughs> in New Jersey. Very nice. Sorry my first donation took so long. Last Sunday's show was terrific. And after listening to Adam go on and on and on and on. It doesn't say that. Out. doesn't say that. See, there you go. This is just proof positive. I can no longer continue to be a douchebag who listens but doesn't donate. The donation makes up for the time I've been listening, and I'm signing up later today for a monthly subscription going to cancel a premium cable channel that I hardly ever watch. Everyone should do that, by the way. And realize I'd rather have my money going to people who add value for value <clears throat> and report on what matters. Wish this donation could be more, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he needs a de-douching and some job karma and a little girl, yay. So you're actually, uh, you're editing on the fly. Interesting. <laughs> You've been de-douched. Jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. You thought karma. Interesting. Interesting. You just... He does give us a plug. He says, if you go to Starbucks once a day for a week, you're spending 40 bucks a month on crap that you won't miss. Forty bucks a month. Wow, is that what people spend on Starbucks? Have you been to Starbucks recently? No, I try to avoid it. It's like five bucks for a coffee, a cup of five cent coffee. We go to Joe's here. Joe's on South Joe's Congress. Right. Joe's. All right, somebody who doesn't want his name mentioned from Broadlands, Virginia. <laughs> Gee, uh, I wonder why. Ecuador, Eric will suffice. Suffice. Hail Adnan and Job. Hail. la manana, and thank you for what is truly El Mejor podcast on El Universo. I've been listening since last June when Jack Blood kindly hit me in the mouth and recommended your show. Adam's recent plea for support finally made me pull the trigger and decide to donate this meager amount of $99.99. You might want to play the thing for. Uh, however, more donations will follow. He goes on. And uh, it would like a science is in science and shut up already at science. Uh, karma? I'm not seeing karma listed. Uh, the yeah, science is in. Science. 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 You've got karma. And now we got 8888 from Jeremy Johnson in Port Angeles, Washington. Uh, producers between 50 and 60, 969 should get a jingle, maybe karma with Biff, Mabel, or Jose selecting comments as they see fit. All right. Comments cost $70 or above. Birthday requests also acceptable. Thanks for the show. Hot Pockets, please. Hot Pockets. <laughs> now, that's that's how a note should go. <laughs> John Vale in Pennsburg, Pennsylvania. Thanks for the best podcast in the universe. Can I get a general karma shot, please? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You've got karma. 
Please, and this is a Yokohama Anonymous, 75. Please invoke the spirits of Job Karma on my behalf, the Shintu charm in your hand. He sent a Shintu charm from the Kanda Moyen Shrine, Myojin, Myojin Shrine, located just a stone's throw from Akihabara, which is the place where all the electronics are sold. This paper charm wards off software viruses and hardware gremlins. According, according to one of the priests, the charm must be hung in a place that is easy for the spirits to see. Basically, keeping it on your desk voids the warranty. I have called upon Myogen, the protector deity, to look after the No Agenda show. In return, I hope that you use your sway with the gods of fortune on my behalf. I think that was really nice, whatever uh, Anonymous did, but I don't Here's understand. The with this. He sent this little card. It's got these three items that are kind of pushed into oh, okay. like little holding areas. Oh, there was a and card. I don't know. You're supposed to hang the three items up, the whole card. There's no there's no instructions okay, so, on usage. Oh, okay, so I didn't understand that there was some physical object yeah, that came along. It came in the mail. Oh, okay. It was like a card, and it's got these three things in the card, and it's, and it's all in Japanese. And it's gotten, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not sure what to do with it, so he's going to have to send another note or, or email us. Dr. Nenninger, of course, Sir Nenninger in Port Jefferson, New York, $75 value for value. The last show was the best ever. <laughs> okay. Really? <laughs> Tell you. Uh, <laughs> really? To him. Oh, okay. Tell you, niece, shut up and more karma. Thanks. Shut up, slave. you got karma. I'm Kilbride in Waco, Texas, 70, to commemorate the 70th birthday of my smoking hot girlfriend, Nancy, on the 20th. Okay. He sent a picture. List, yeah. Oh, what? Yeah. He sent a picture? Came in the mail. Came in the mail. And? she's She looks better than I do at my age. <laughs> if I look as good as her at 70, I'd go there now. <laughs> so she's smoking hot. Wait a minute. This is an old one. This is from last week. Yeah, but this just came in the mail like yesterday. Interesting. I so thought, I think he sent the note on email and somehow. Oh, got okay, it. I got it. I got you it. have the picture. All right, I've seen. Yeah, she is smoking hot. Yes. Sergey Kuznetsov. 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 Sergey Kuznetsov. Maybe Ladera Branch, California. Thanks for the best podcast in the universe. Love to hear your analysis of the Orange County shooting, which started next door to my house. I don't know anything about the or- information, and we'll do an yeah. analysis. Orange County we'll live next to the place. Yeah, yeah. Really, why don't you do the analysis and help us out? Yeah, geez. <laughs> what really? happened next door, honey? I don't know. I'll wait for the no agenda show to find out. <laughs> doesn't make any sense. I got pulled over for speeding. What's that about? I don't know. Let's maybe Adam and John can help. <laughs> like, what are we like superheroes? <sighs> Hold on a second, John. I think there's. I think there's something we need to go check out. <laughs> Jingle. 6969. Oh, is it that time again? All right. Well, this one I always enjoy doing. Hold on a second. I'm sorry. I wasn't quite ready for you. Here we go. 6969, 69, dudes. Kimberly Lewis in Davis, California, sending a little love to you and my smoking hot hubby, Al Nonymous, who just had another birthday on the 20th, and says he's been a very naughty boy. Mm-hmm. I'm requesting a parliament mun- mumble whoop it. With the Constitution, little girl, yay, karma. And the karma goes to us for continuing the best podcast in the universe. Okay. Get out there! Whooping, 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 whooping with the Constitution! Yay! You've got karma. Another 6969 for Sir Papa Guido. 
<clears throat> sorry to the now former Sir Tallest Knight. I am six seven. Yeah, there you and go. Must not be the tallest of our ranks. I can try to end the discussion and hit my seven foot tall cousin in the mouth and begin working on his knighthood. Wish me luck with that. JCD Obey LGY and a huntsman who just lost his sister to a heroin overdose. Ugh. Oh, that sucks. Is that is that? But that's uh, okay. I'm sorry. What is it? JCD Obey. LGY Huntsman. You will obey. You will obey. You will obey. Yeah! I'll throw in the karma for good measure. You've got karma. Well, that's no good. No, it's no good. I mean, o- overdosing on heroin, isn't that, that's like, yeah. not a lot of people do that anymore. I don't know. It's weird. Daniel Miller, Knoxville, Tennessee. Please thank my friend Matthew for recently hitting me in the mouth. The best podcast in the universe. Like a mac and cheese karma for my birthday this weekend. <laughs> it's so popular. You slaves can get used to mac and cheese. <laughs> mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. Macaroni and cheap cheddar <laughs> melted together. Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. Karma. Edward Hulsey in San Francisco. No karma, just a C-SPAN jingle is what we do. What we do, so you don't have to see. Matthew Chang in San Francisco. ITM Jans, here's my submission for Biff's new Austin residence, FOB Mofo, aka Forward Base Operating Motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Whether or not the name <laughs> sticks, I'd like Biff to say in announcer <clears throat> voice, forward. <clears throat> oh, say it. <clears throat> Hold on, I gotta do that. Forward Operating Base Motherfucker. Oh, wait a minute. It says, followed by an LGY and a karma. You didn't tell me all that. Uh, okay, I'll do it again then. Damn. Forward operating base, motherfucker. Yay! You've got karma. <laughs> Crunch. Ivan Brativi with an arrow in his name, apparently, on my thing. Brivi. Brivi. In Castel Camo, someplace or other. Where is he from? He's from uh, Croatia. Oh, okay. Get my ah, nation so of so red is. checkerboard. He probably reads Bug Magazine. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sorry. John writes a column for a Croatian magazine, everybody. <laughs> hey, Adam C. Dvorak and John Kersny. Greetings from Gitmo Nation of Red Checkerboard. Mr. Brivich. Very, very long-time boner, first-time donor. Please, can Pope Dvorak grant me a 1D douche? I am briefly in Gitmo Nation Lowlands, Broken Dam, and I have trouble finding Dutch people over here. Really? Only my friend Lazarus, a douchebag until he donates. Douchebag. Need karma for my new job, my birthday on the 21st. Fluoride in my water, best podcast in the universe. It says fluoride in my cup is what he says. Well, yes. Yeah, okay. The best part of waking up is fluoride in my cup. The best podcast in the universe. You've been de-douched. Now, this is a You've reminder, everybody who's going don- to donate on the Sunday show, get these crazy call-outs in. They may be gone forever. <laughs> you are such a whore. <laughs> <laughs> You are the worst. Hey, <laughs> that's right. They're going away. It's just a thought. I've been thinking you... about it. Saying, you know, these we're going to stop doing these, and now's the time to donate. Yeah, we're going to end it. That's right. Now's the time to get it. <laughs> it's going to be like a two-hour donation segment on Sunday. The whole point is to cut this down, people. 
Sir Roll SK in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, the Paris of Canada. Uh, Sir Roll here again for another Swazzle Nuff. I, this time I'd like to dedicate this donation to my wonderful sister Mara. You know, he incorrectly as tight and you know, you know, you know him incorrectly as what? I don't know. Oh, no, you know her. I don't know what he's trying to say. She's tight and in the chat room. You dirty old men need to be corrected. Her chat room name is tight, tight and tightened. <laughs> Pronounced tainted. Tainted. It creeps me the hell out to hear Adam call her tight end. Well, I've seen a picture of her welding. Yeah. Yeah. She looks hot. Tight end welding. She's a wonderful sister. I want to wish her a wonderful 35th. Oh, well, of course, no one wants to think about a dude like thinking sexually about your sister. Duh. But deal with it. Congratulating on recent achievements, Mara. I'm very proud. Now go get your welding red seal, damn it. Send her a mac and cheese. It's, why are people like this mac and cheese thing? It's not because that it's Because it's long. You know, it's like Don't this eat is, me, Hillary. It's like, and, and, and I'm <laughs> exactly why, why, why? You slaves can get used to mac and cheese, mac and cheese, mac and cheese, macaroni and cheap cheddar melted together. Mac and cheese, mac and cheese, mac and Shut cheese. Shut up already! Oops, it's science. Sorry, wrong one. <laughs> uh, how did Kiki's taken over? I didn't mean that one. I don't know what she means by women and whatever. Don't eat me. Clinton? I don't know about girls and women. I don't know. Is that yeah, a clip that you had? It's the end of the segment. We'll leave it at that. 6969. Jingle. 69! 69, dudes! Poor guy out. Adam Daly and Raymond Ma- Maine. Wow. 6371. Drunk donation homebrew. Just heard your discussion of Velveeta and thought it was hilarious. Can I say something? I do like your drunk donation reading. I mean, is there a reason you've stopped doing this now? I mean, the... the I'm editing it out. Oh, okay. I can do it. I just heard your discussion of Velveeta and thought it was hilarious. I had the same thought when I saw the commercial and was wondering if you would mention it. That's why I made the effort to donate at 2.40 a.m. I eat mac and cheese made with Greer and it is delicious. Been meaning to donate since I got my first monthly paycheck for the year of 98333 up from 97625 last year. What? Donate more often, but look at how much I make a month. Great hair. Hope you win. Folder. (laughs) Thank you. Abraham. I seem more drunk than the... the I think this sounded sounded pretty drunk. You sounded like he was really drunk. You sounded kind of drunk. It didn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, Degalian Stephen, or Stephen Degalian, I would assume, in Manley, New South Wales. Uh, love you guys. I've been listening to your show for years and have yet to donate. My lovely and hot girlfriend, Laura, send pick to Adam. <laughs> the Korean princess has had a tough time with the douchebag of a bitch boss and quit her job her first job as a lawyer. Wow. My girlfriend is the best, and I wish her all the best in finding a job that allows her to express herself honestly and be a happy chappy, happy chappy, and hopefully she'll stop breaking my balls. <laughs> Jokes about the breaking balls part. Keep up the good work, fellas. Big hugs. Could I get a karma for Laura and a sexy message from Adam? Really? If possible. I'm, okay. <clears throat> hey, Laura. This is Adam. Uh, you sexy bitch. Send me a picture. Do you think that's what Steve wanted? 
I don't know. I don't think it's so. Good enough for me. Yeah. And a karma. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize it was a karma. That. Yes, you're right. Job karma. You've got karma. Christina Norman in Los Angeles, California, 5511. My husband is doing his Canadian citizenship exam. Why? Can I get some <laughs> don't eat me Hillary Clinton two to the head? Almost too delicious karma for him. I also, I'm also glad Alphonse and Magdalene are back safe and sound in Austin. Don't eat me, Hillary Clinton. It's almost too delicious to believe, my friend. You've got karma. And we're happy to be back in Austin Robert as well. Wood, Keller, Texas, double nickels on the dime. I haven't been a complete boner, but it has been too long since the last donation. This is in favor of the continued use of the end of show clip. And because I thought the Master Bates joke from John was hilarious on Sunday. <laughs> I also appreciate that you two are able to run an independent show on politics, which is not bash on Christians. Such shows have been hard to come by. Adam, I request a mac and cheese, planes good, trains bad, as that meme has cropped up again here in the Fort Worth area. What's up with, um, really, I mean, uh, independent shows that don't, Make fun of Christians? I don't understand. Is that what? What does that mean? I don't know. I had no idea that independent shows make we make fun of all religions. <laughs> we do. I think we do a pretty. Equal, you know what, John? I think we need to up our Christian bashing. We I have, don't know that there's, it's not. It's not deconstructing the new. Here's the deal. I'll tell you this, Robert. It's not deconstructing to news to just gratuitously bash Christians or Catholics or. The, or the or the uh, the Scientologists for that matter, or the Mormons. Uh, it's just it's got nothing to do with what we do. I mean, we can go bash Christians in our own time. Yeah, I'll call you uh, later. We yeah, should... call me up and yeah, say, well, you know, well, I hey, think these Christians, ready. these Christians, I tell you, you slaves can get used to mac and cheese, <laughs> mac and cheese, macaroni and cheap cheddar melted together, mac and cheese, mac and cheese, All mac the and cheese. Trains right good, planes bad. You're going to run a high-speed rail or something from Fort Worth to Dallas? That'd be funny. So now, now here's an example uh, from Eric in Athens, Georgia, which I just think is too much. Uh, Eric Lyons in Athens, Georgia, double nickels on the dime. Long uh, note. Wanted to request some job karma for me and my girlfriend. I'm a second year of the law school at UGA. I'm looking for a legal internship, and she's looking for a full-time teaching job. Needs a dedouching since I haven't donated in two years. Can I get a Pelosi jobs, 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 karma, and mac and cheese? What is with the mac and cheese? It says this doesn't have to be read on the air. Oh, well, that's that's kind of cool. Uh, but he wants a dedouching, karma, mac and cheese, and what else? Jobs, jobs, jobs. <laughs> jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. You've been dedouched. You slaves can get used to mac and cheese, mac and cheese, mac and cheese, mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. Yeah, I'm tired of it too. Oh, I have an idea. You've got mac and cheese, mac and cheese. What's your idea? The idea is to have a counter. Uh huh. So after we get to X number of plays of mac and cheese, it gets retired. Its number gets retired. It gets to be hung from the ceiling of the auditorium. That would keep that one out of the. Because you know, because it gets a little old to hear it over and over again. By the way, he says karma got him in the UGA. Anonymous in Leechburg, Pennsylvania, double nickels on the dime. Uh, he'll take a Dr. Kiki uh, two to the head. Karma. <laughs> I would love to have a real Dr. Kiki two to the head. Wouldn't it be cool if she just came in and just like double tapped you? You know what I'm saying? Shut up already. 
Science. Oh, karma. Sorry. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, God. Yeah, well. You've got it's a dog. <laughs> Christopher Walker in Green Bay, Wisconsin. 55 of 10 to the in the morning. Thank you both for broadcasting the best podcast in the universe. I've been listening with fervor since last fall. Please give me a de-douching since this is my first donation. I love your value for value model. Too bad. All I have to give you is in trade are some rotten Federal Reserve notes. May I have an Atlas Shrugged and a Karma Shot, please? You've been de-douched. Atlas Shrugged. By Ayn Rand. You've got karma. Now, that was tight, I'll have to say. Eric Veet in... Dublin, California, just down the street from me, 50, have no note. Uh, Royce Kami in Aia, Hawaii, Hawaii, or Hawaii, uh, really asked for help on this type of situation. My dear friends at Jabroni Pictures are within the 11th hour of their Indiegogo campaign. Their movie project is called Battle Hero Absolute, a complete series, and I'd Deeply appreciate any donations, if possible. Even the slightest gesture of spreading the word on their campaign would be much appreciated. The link to Indiegogo. Look it up. You can look it up on the Google. Uh, he needs a karma shot to Jabroni Pictures. Indiegogo.com slash Battle Hero Absolute, I guess. You've got karma. And, whoops, I just cleared the screen the wrong way. Sarah Davidge uh, in La Jolla, California, 50. Been listening to you both since 2008. Love you guys, but sorry to call you out as douchebags Douchebag. for bickering and fighting so much on the show recently. Please apologize to each other right now. You know you have mad love for each other. <laughs> <laughs> you first. I'm sorry that I called you a douchebag for not knowing anything about hipsters. I'm sorry that I got all huffy and puffy. Oh, for no good reason. Yeah. Sorry, I acted all whiny. Are we done? Uh, no, we got Simon Horn and Karen <laughs> Dale Queensland and Kyle Bauer in Wooster, Ohio, both coming in with 50 bucks, and I'd love to just be able to wrap off all the 50 to $100 people just like that. So, But we'll decide in the weeks ahead, and so you might as well take advantage of the short opportunity you have. Whatever you put in there, we're going to read it for a while, and then... Then it's done. I do like the idea of uh, retiring certain things after a while so that, you know, but I'm going to put a number on them, you know. So, like, mac and cheese, you know, that's a $100 retiring thing, and it, you should have, like, 10 more plays, and that's it. We're done. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. But that, also, that sounds like a lot of work. i got to remember. Like we got to accounting. Accounting. <laughs> Counting, we have to do now. We have to do bookkeeping on our own jingles. <laughs> got to do bookkeeping on the. I don't think I can handle that. It's this too much for me. My smoke comes out of my ears now. It's just like, ah, what are we doing, people? You should be able to do it on the computer. Every time you play it, it should trigger a oh, right. program, a subroutine oh. that just counts. Oh them. yes, a subroutine. Should I write that in uh, in DOS or uh, <laughs> what? What was that OS two language? No, what was that OS two language that I like so much? Remember that? Oh, yeah, that I remember that. What was that? I, I actually I could write a little bit in that. What was that? Rex. OS. What was that? Rex. Rex. <laughs> Rex. <laughs> remember you had all the OS two discs and you had to like load it up, and then after you're done, you're like, oh wow, and I've got OS two loaded on my machine, and it would run like half as fast as <laughs> as DOS. 
It was such a piece of crap. Didn't you write a book about it? Yeah, it was a good product. It was much better than Windows at the time. Well, it was the right idea, but it's just that we didn't have the horsepower at the time. They did have the right, they did multitasking. It, it had, that's right, right. It had multitasking. That's right. That was that's the right. main thing they had done right. That's right. And it, my experience with OS2 is I had it for a while. I wrote the book and I did all these other things. And then at some Rex, point. Rex. No agenda show, the best podcast in the universe, runs exclusively on Rex. OS2. So, <laughs> so, they came, so here's what happened with me and my experience with OS2. I had crashed the system about a year earlier. Something happened and it was in the middle of an install or something. And it just had to yeah. be wiped and re. It took me days to get the machine back on track. <laughs> and you're the guy that wrote the book. Yeah. And so then there was another incident like that. It happened again, but it was like a year later, but it was so painful. I just stopped right there. I never ran OS2 a day after that. And, and wasn't that, it had like, it had kind of like Unixy type things. And you could, you could take a command, you can compile it into like a little app, if I, if I recall. I don't remember any of that stuff anymore. <laughs> Decades. It's a long time ago. All right, people. Thank you very much for supporting our value for value model. Thank you for all of your uh, for your feedback. It has been enjoyable to see that people are thinking about it and uh, trying to help us um, make the show better. That's why we call you producers, not listeners. Go to Dvorak.org slash na. And of course, we always like to celebrate the birthdays. Michael Molesky says happy birthday to his wife, Sarah Alexander. Ecuador Eric congratulates himself, turning 33, the magic number. Tom Kilbride uh, says happy birthday to his girlfriend, Nancy. It was her birthday yesterday. Also yesterday, Kimberly Lewis's husband celebrated. And Daniel Miller congratulates himself, along with Ivan Britvi congratulating himself for his birthday today, the 21st. And Sir Roll SK in the chat room says happy birthday to his sister, Mara. She turns 35 on the 27th. And boy, she's got a tight end. He's going to hate me for that. No nights? <laughs> no, 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 no. No nights. going to hate you for that. She <laughs> won't hate you. The brother will. We, we, oops. Oops. That was fat. That literally... I do have one out of off-the-wall clip I want to start the second segment with. Oh, more off-the-wall than Larry Sinclair? <laughs> no. <laughs> but that was poignant. Okay. This is a clip from a woman who wrote a book on, on Coolidge. And this is the way it was in the in the United States before the security state was instituted by Truman, as we discussed in a previous show, leading us to the kind of crazy country we are now. But just play the Coolidge clip and tell me why this can't happen again. The single thing that Coolidge did that we want to remember is that when he left office, the budget was lower than when he came in. That's the story for us now in a period where we're concerned. Well, how do you do that? The economy grew a lot, maybe I, maybe more than 3% sometimes. Unemployment was below 5%. The budget was balanced due to his own parsimony. How did he manage, though, to keep make the budget go lower? And how did that help the economy? A lot, because he got the government out of the way of the economy. <laughs> so first of That's all... That's enough. That's it. I'm done. First of all... That's Dr. Kiki. <laughs> listen, uh, listen. Because he got the government out of the way. Shut up already. Science. It's Dr. Kiki. I'm telling you. He's got a little more, uh, a little more trouble. Yeah. So, uh, what? You, this is like a Republican clip. It's not a Republican clip. It's a Coolidge clip. Yeah, wasn't he a Republican? Yeah, but he could have been Democrat. No, but he wasn't. Uh, okay. Yeah. I just wanted to play the clip. 
Well, oh, without comment. Okay. All right. Um, I uh, did you uh, look at the Mandiant APT one report? <laughs> no, you didn't, did you? <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, so you you heard about this thing? What's that, it called again? The Mandian. So Mandiant is the name of the company that was originally hired by the New York Times after they got hacked. Remember? This oh, was right, right, right. Only two weeks ago. Right. And uh, so they got so uh, the New York Times got hacked. You know, I guess the Chinese were so interested in their bogative news. Hey, let's see what what lies the New York Times is going to print. Oh, we can steal them. Uh, and then the New York Times said, "Oh no! Oh, we've been hacked." It was right in time, by the way, for the, you know, the the big push for the cybersecurity executive order. It was all very the coincidences just abound. It's it's really 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 interesting how that works. And uh, and so now I guess they fired them. Mandiant. Yeah, because they say that you know they so the New York Times then published this huge article about the report that Mandiant has published that uh, China is uh, uh, cyber attacking us continuously. And the New York Times says specifically, uh, we have no current business relationship with Mandiant, but we might in the future. Yeah, I'll bet. So they had hired them after their hack. Then they fired them, published about their huge China report, and they might work with them again in the future. Shame Sounds- on... Shame that's, on you, New York Times. You were that sounds like a scam. And the, so in other words, they here. Here's the way I would do it. Say it. They had their, they were working for them, and then they fired them, and then they wrote about them. Hey, we think of this and that. And then they hired them back because they didn't want to be writing about them while they were working together. That's pretty but much. That, who you know? Don't even try to pull that stunt. Just put a little disclaimer in the article. We use their product. Right. That's what they should have done. So yeah. Mandiant is. Uh, you know anything about this company, Mandiant? Looking at him now, you know, you know, I, I'm pretty. I keep up with this stuff, uh, but no, that's what bothers me. So Mandiant is uh, was founded by uh, a guy named Mandia, I think. Seriously, it's uh, it sounds crazy, but uh, let me see. I have the leadership here. Hold on. And uh, this company, if you look at the board, it is filled with consultancies, you know, guys from, you know, um, big, big consulting firms, uh, banking firms, of course, you know, Kleiner Perkins, everybody's on the board, everybody's in. So this is kind of the go-to company, which uh, are Kevin Mandia, that's the guy, founder and chief executive officer of Mandiant. Kevin founded Mandiant to focus on helping organizations detect, respond, and contain computer intrusions, making Mandiant the first company with incident response as its at its core competence. He has spent over twenty years in information security. Has been well, on look the f- at his list of these these uh, yeah the leadership page. Yeah, no, it's it's a who's who. Well, I don't know about that. It is. It's perfect. This is the board you want. These are the leaders you want. And so, so they came up with this report, <clears throat> which you know everyone talks about, but I never read about anyone actually getting the report and and looking at it. And what are they really saying? So it's called Mandiant APT One, exposing one of China's cyber espionage units. And APT, you know what that stands for, I presume, John? Uh, I do know what it stands for. 
What is not coming to me? <laughs> advanced persistent threat. Yeah, okay. APT1, advanced persistent threat, everybody. That's what it's all about. What are these people charging to, to do what they don't manage to do? So they have this whole executive summary uh, about uh, this uh, building that they say is uh, filled with China's hacking America. Yeah, they have a building. They it's in it's in uh, Shanghai, I believe, and they've had it on the news for the last week. And they keep <laughs> they say it's the it's the army's secret building. The, it's peop- the army is the, the, the people's Chinese army yeah, that's they, doing this. They say it's the People's Liberation Army, uh, and this is uh, Unit Six One Three Nine Eight. Now, what's interesting is right off the bat in this report, which I have here in front of me, and of course, as usual, it's marked up in the PDF in the show notes, 489.nashownotes.com. Under the executive summary, it says in a little asterisk, our conclusions are based exclusively on unclassified open source information derived from mandiant observations. None of the information in this report involves access to or confirmation by classified intelligence. It kind of tipped me off to the fact that they really got nothing here in this 28-page report. However, I re- will read a few highlights. We estimate that Unit 61398 is staffed by hundreds and perhaps thousands of people based on the size of Unit 61398's physical infrastructure. <laughs> so they look at the building on a satellite photo, and from that they have... Google Earth. Yes, and they have... And literally, they pasted the pictures from Google Earth in the report. That probably looks official to some idiot at the New York Times. Um, the the indus- number again, by the way? Sorry? What's the building number again? 61398? Unit 61398. APT1 focuses on compromising organizations across a broad range of industries in English-speaking countries. So they say that this APT-1, Advanced Persistent Threat 1, which is what they, the team they're calling, uh, their targets match industries that China has identified as strategic to their growth, including four of the seven strategic emerging industries that China identified in its 12th five-year plan. So that's really stretching here. So now what they've done is they've looked at um, fully qualified domain names. I mean, and this is this is so funny. In the last three years, we have observed APT1 used fully qualified domain names, resolving to 988 unique IP addresses. So what? And that 832 different IP addresses were used with remote desktop. So now they're telling us that these hackers, these elite Chinese hackers, are using remote desktop. Yeah, yeah, that is how most hackers go about it. Not. Then they say more proof that it's the Chiners is that we've concluded uh, attacks under our observation. The APT1 operator's keyboard layout setting was Chinese simplified. Therefore, it must be Chiners. And they're using the HTRAN tool. Well, let me tell you. Do you know what the HTRAN tool is, John? No, no, I don't. It's the HUC packet transmit tool. It's like. It's like a reverse proxy kind of thing. It's like every script kitty in the world knows how to use this. And this is not unique to China's. And if they're using it, they could be reverse proxying to make it look like they're from China. I mean, this is no proof. But here's the funny thing. In an effort to underscore that there are actual individuals behind the keyboard, Mandiant is revealing 
three personas associated with advanced persistent threat number one activity. Are you ready for the three personas? Their proof? Number one, the first persona, Ugly Gorilla, has been active in computer network operations since October 2004. His activities include registering domains attributed to APT1 and authoring malware used in APT1 campaigns. Ugly Gorilla publicly expressed his interest in China's cyber troops in January 2004. I mean, are these people for real? The second persona, an actor we call Dota, D-O-T-A, has registered dozens of email accounts used to conduct social engineering and spear phishing attacks. Dota used a Shanghai phone number while registering these accounts. Oh, that's proof there, Mandiant. And the third persona, here's where they go off the rails, who uses the nickname Superhard. <laughs> the New York Times, why did they publish this? I don't know. It sounds like they were buffaloed by the whole thing. It's the, the Chinese. Who's the byline? Who's the byline on that article? Here it this comes. is not an article. I'm, I'm reading the report. Oh, okay. This is the report. Now let me see who wrote the article. So the third persona who uses the nickname Super Hard is the creator of a significant contributor to the Ariga and Bangat malware, fam- malware families. Superhard discloses his location to be the Pudong New Area of Shanghai. So they just—they have no proof here. They just have hearsay, basically. And like, why are we exposing APT1? Well, it's time to acknowledge the threat is originating in China. And we wanted to do our part to arm and prepare security professionals to combat that threat effectively. The issue of attribution has always been a missing link in publicly understanding the landscape of advanced persistent threat cyber espionage. Without establishing a solid connection to China, there will always be room for observation uh, for observers to dismiss APT actions un- as uncoordinated, solely criminal in nature, or peripheral to larger national security and global economic concerns. We hope that this report will lead to increased understanding and coordinated action in countering APT network breaches and make us rich beyond our wildest dream, bitches. This is a sales pitch. Of course. But they're saying it. Well, it's because everybody's kind of like, oh, whatever. I mean, it's like maybe we need to get hire these guys because they can save our company. People are hacking us. You know, maybe we need, what are we going to do? What are we doing about it? I mean, if you have, of course, good people working on your staff, they would see right through this crap. Right. It's, uh, it's sad. You know, so I mean, like, if you've got sensitive information, don't put it on the Internet. Don't connect your networks. This is not brain surgery. I mean, the, the whole like, whoa, we're so freaked out. We're so afraid. Also, there's a thing called encryption. <laughs> yeah, no, they're not. They're not going to sell you any encryption. That would be wrong. You know, you you encrypt the crap out of something and put it, you leave it in a file. Yeah, sure, take it. Did you see you know, the? You, you can get beyond the, you know the ability. It take years to crack some of these things. Did you see the um, the the Chinese animated? You know those what are those guys? The new tech or whatever who make the the little funny animations. No. <laughs> So you know the ones I'm talking about, right? The, the yeah, album, I know what yeah. you're talking about, but I haven't seen it. So they have like, so they have like a Chinese hacker flying through the network into Coca-Cola, and then he gets the from a you know a virtual file. He gets the 
the Coca-Cola secret formula and he opens it up and it says Coca-Cola secret formula, water plus sugar plus commercials. <laughs> that exactly. is the secret formula. <laughs> like you got it. That is exactly the secret formula. Uh, anyway, um, identifying the APT1 nicknames in the news. The Chinese, I love how they have all these Chinese nicknames like Super Hard and <laughs> Comment Crew, Comment Group, Shady Rat, Nitro Attacks, Elderwood, yeah, those Sicky are all Pop, very Chinese. Aurora, Night Dragon. Yes, Night Dragon. That's the one you got to be afraid of. This, this is bogus. And of course, you know now what's going to happen is it'll be uh, it'll probably become an SEC rule. You have to hire you know a, a firm. There's like the Y two K crap. <laughs> yeah, remember that? It probably will. Yeah, well, of course I do. I was one of the big naysayers during the Y two K thing, and I even had a presentation, which is actually uh, oh, really? was why Y two K will end the Earth as we know it, and then I attributed Y2K to causing hurricanes, and it was a very funny PowerPoint. I should post it somewhere. And it was just yeah. to mock the whole thing, because it never made any sense. I mean, all we, you know, 90% <laughs> of the work that we do on this show is just looking at something and saying, it's crap. Hey, this doesn't this make any sense. Oh crap. Yeah, exactly. Or as Leo Laporte would say, positive conspiracy theories. <laughs> conspiracy idiots. Anyway, so now, of course, uh, you know, it, it, all the news is going to be, yeah, the U.S. is ready to strike back, strike back at the cyber attacks. Hey, we got to strike back. With the real danger, of course, being what the White House is really doing uh, against the online free radicals. Uh, that is us, John, and I would like to bring your attention to a blog post on the White House blog of February 5th, 2013. Working to counter online radicalization to violence in the United States. I'm sure you haven't read this, so I shall... Oh, uh, brother. Well, there's a new working group, a new interagency working group. Uh, the working group to counter online radicalization to violence. This is being chaired by the National Security Staff at the White House and involves specialists in countering violent extremism, internet safety experts... As of course, civil liberties and privacy practitioners from across the United States government, the working group will be responsible for developing plans to implement an Internet safety approach to address online violent extremism, which you could also confuse with freedom of speech, coordinate the federal government's activities and assessing our progress against these plans, identifying additional activities for pursuing, for countering online radicalization to violence. So, I was, of course, reading this. I'm like, I'm very interested. Well, what kind of groups are violent in their extreme, uh, I mean, you know, online. It's not like online is not coming out and biting you. It's not like you plug in your, your router and then someone comes in and shoots you. No, no, no. This is violent extremist groups like Al-Qaeda and its affiliates and adherents. Here's a new one. It's adherents, John. Wow, do you hear it's that? It's an adherent to what? Adherent to Al-Qaeda. What does that even mean? I mean, what what are you adhering to? What well, to Al Qaeda? So, and, and <laughs> you it, keep saying Al Qaeda. Well, that's I'm reading the English. That, by the way, according to all the experts, Al Qaeda's dead. No, but you can adhere, which I guess means stick to. 
Well, yeah, I mean, stick to, but probably me sticks to their principles. Right. But what is that? I don't even know what, what they stand for. Well, they you just bet, don't you, like us. Well, you better understand because you're going to be called one. You're going to be called an adherent. So it's, I'm going to... Uh, I deny this accusation. Violent extremist groups like Al-Qaeda and its affiliates and adherents, violent supremacist groups, and violent sovereign citizens are leveraging online tools and resources to propagate messages of violence and division. Oh, wow. Division. These groups use the Internet to disseminate propaganda, identify and groom potential recruits, and supplement their real-world recruitment efforts. Some members and supporters of these groups visit mainstream fora to see whether individuals might be recruited or encouraged to commit acts of violence look for opportunities to draw targets into private exchanges, and exploit popular media like music videos and online video games. Although the Internet offers countless opportunities for Americans to, to connect, oh God, it's like fucking Disneyland, it has also provided violent extremists with access to new audiences and instruments for radicalization. I give us another 14 months before we fall under an adherent category to no, the... It would be the divisive thing. Violence. Exciting people to complain or something. I so, don't know what it is. So they have a link to these sovereign citizens? Oh, those guys. They're ruining it for everyone. Let me see. Today we look at a third threat, the sovereign citizen extremist movement. Sovereign citizens are anti-government extremists. I'd like to know. I want to stop you. <laughs> Anti-government extremist. Well, What's an extremist? I'm going to tell you. Like to, I want to know if there's any sovereign citizens in that movement that listen to our show. If so, send us a note at any feedback. Yeah, raise your hand without talking. <laughs> raise your hand without talking. Send us a secure note to any feedback at Outlook.com and tell us what's going on. We'd be interested in let, finding let, out. Let me just explain what the extremist movement of sovereign citizens are all about because it's right here on the website. Sovereign citizens are anti-government extremists who believe that even though they physically reside in this country, they are separate or sovereign from the United States. Oh, my God. As a result, they believe they don't have to answer to any government authority, including courts, taxing entities, motor vehicle departments, or law enforcement. Shut up, slave! <laughs> this causes all kinds of problems. For example, many sovereign citizens don't pay their taxes. So if you don't pay your taxes, now you're a sovereign citizen extremist? They hold illegal courts that issue warrants for judges and police officers. That's manning. They clog up the court system with frivolous lawsuits and liens against public officials to harass them. And they use fake money personal checks, and the like at government agencies, banks, and businesses. Oh, man, we are so fucked. Well, we're not using Bitcoin. <laughs> By the way, some I read an article that some French bank is going to recognize Bitcoin and allow you to exchange it for euros. Huh. Yeah. I don't know, man, this Bitcoin thing. I think I have 300 Bitcoin hanging around somewhere, which is... You have 300 Bitcoins? Yeah, I think that's like $6,000. At least. You should cash those in at that French bank. 
<laughs> I'd like to cash it in anywhere. I mean, can I just can I get a burger? I got some bitcoins. If I can get a burger, where'd please. you get all those bitcoins? I think I did. Uh, I, at one point, I said I'll do a a daily source code if you send me bitcoins, and I can then buy something with the bitcoin. Remember, and I was able to buy like a shampoo. Huh? Yeah. Anyway, um, just some. Uh, let me just wrap it up here. I got some. Uh, got some stuff for well, you. I do have. Before you do that, I do have a Nigel Farage. Oh, wait. Well, apparently, you, you don't is, have to ask. This is a. Uh, he's he's bitching about something I didn't hear him bitch about before, but I, I guess England is is preparing to be inundated with yes. Bulgarians. Yeah. No thanks to the EU. You yeah. know about this? Yes, I do. Uh, and they, and they were actually. Uh, creating uh, commercials, I think, that said... Uh, 300 bitcoins. By, uh, stop the presses. Buzzkill Jr. ran in. 300 bitcoins is now worth $9,000. Yeah, but where do I... What, how do I uh, get the, the $9,000? I don't know. I mean, I got the bitcoins, but how, how do I get the money now? I don't know. I'm just telling you what it's worth. Great. <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> can I get a blowjob? <laughs> I'll give you 300... Bi- hey, here... This is, no, no, no. If they're worth 9000 bucks, give them to the French bank and then cash them out. No, but if, I will give... If anyone comes here and blows me right now in the next hour, I'll give you my 300 bitcoins. And end up giving him the Mickey. Well, good morning. My, the highlight today of this debate was the Liberal leader, Mr. Verhofstadt, comparing the seven-year EU economic plan with the Soviet Union's five-year economic plan. And it was said without any sense of irony at all, which I thought was delicious. Uh, well, as the leaders meet tomorrow uh, to discuss this budget, what a curious position David Cameron finds himself in. He made the big speech. He talked about a referendum in the future. Uh, and yet he's been criticised at home for making us wait perhaps up to five years before we can have our say. Uh, most people doubt uh, his Eurosceptic sincerity. Indeed, he emphasised in that speech how pro-European Union he is. And yet, here today, um, he's met with sort of venomous attacks, as if he's some terrible wrecker. I would have thought his chances of renegotiating very much uh, look pretty limited. So I feel a bit sorry for him, because he's like Piggy in the middle. Um, and you all remember from childhood what a frustrating and difficult place that is to be. Uh, but he's made the speech. Um, and we're going to have a proper debate in Britain about EU membership. But it's a debate that's changing. You see, the budget is not our top-line issue. We pay in £53 million a day. Um, and whether that goes up uh, to £60 million or not, many of us are saying, why pay in a penny piece? And Mr Barroso's idea um, that a pound or a euro spent at European level is worth more than a pound or euro spent at national level, you know, perhaps you've invented nuclear money. I've no idea. Uh, what perhaps we should recognise is that unemployment is actually being caused by Europe's policies, in particular the mistaken euro project. Now, the debate in Britain has changed, and now it's about immigration. People in Britain are shocked at the change in every single city and market town since we opened the doors to Eastern Europe in 2004, and I have nothing against Bulgarians or Romanians, but it is unacceptable that we should open our doors to them unconditionally from the 1st of January next year. And if Mr Cameron does not get a substantial renegotiation of the free movement of peoples, then Britain will leave this union. I think the island of, uh, of England will sink. All the Bulgarians show up. Well, you know, the whole thing is like, uh, this whole thing just makes no sense. The EU 
idea, and they're trying to move people around so much that there's no more national, you know, interest. So you wouldn't, there wouldn't be a, you know, a Brit left on the island. They'd be over here or Spain or who knows where. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just, it's just all part of the grand scheme to like mix, mix and match to the point where there's no more national. Well, no, no, but, no, cultures but, over no, there. but this is this is the the whole idea of the United States of Europe. The whole point is to have uh, you know no borders. Of course, you know England's not a part of the Schengen Agreement, which is a little sub problem that they have. Uh, yeah, and so like states, United States of Europe, you can just go back and forth, travel wherever you want to, plop down. You know, there is a a, a problem. Uh, it's an island, you know, and you can only fit so many people kind of on this small island. It's a lot of people there already. And, and, you know, and there's no work. So it's, uh, it's nuts. But I, I, but I have seen the, the Brits are making, you know, uh, like commercials saying, Bulgarians, you'll hate it here. <laughs> <laughs> Bulgarian, go back to Bulgaria is better. Yeah, I'm telling you. By the way, here's your here's your website, MT Gox. Yeah, no, I know. M- I'm very familiar with the exchange. I okay. have an, I had an account on MT Gox, or I think it was that, uh, or the other, and it got hacked, and then I, all of a sudden I got all kinds of emails, all kinds of bullshit. All right, all right. I'm not. I, I'm, I'm upset enough. I'm would, not going to. Do you trust it? Would, would you? They're worth thirty nine bucks a piece. MT Gox dot is it dot net or dot com? No, it's just MT Gox dot com. <laughs> right. And you have to open an account, and uh, I don't know. It's, it's, let me see. Trade with confidence. Yeah, oh, that makes me feel great. So, what can I can I get money for this? Can I just yeah, get yeah, money? Yeah, 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 yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, then I'm going to get this. I'm going to party. Yeah, get your nine grand out of bitcoins, and you'll party. <laughs> That's what I say. Buy a case of wine. All right. Uh, meanwhile, here's what the slaves across Gitmo Nation are really interested in while you spent the last two and a half hours listening to the best podcast in the universe. Well, it's already changed the way we relate to the Internet. Now they want to change the way we interact with the offline world. The search engine giant is looking for 8,000 people to test its newest venture, Google Glass. The device allows you to snap photos and video using voice commands to the glasses that you wear. You can also do Google searches and get directions with the results showing up in the glass. Glasses right in front of your eye. Whoa! If you'd like to test the product, you have until the end of the month to apply. Awesome! That's cool. Okay. Isn't that's it? so cool. Wow, that's so cool. It's just giving people the opportunity to buy the glasses at full retail. What kind of a scam is this? It, these, I mean, this is the. I, I, I like. I like augmented reality. I like kind of the idea of additional information. But you might as well just put a sign in your forehead, do not have sex with me. I'm a douchebag. I mean, this is this is not, this is transhumanist bullcrap. <laughs> Become a Google bot. Wow. And, and everyone, and what the promotion this company gets for this stuff is unbelievable. People say, oh, it's great. It's awesome. All right. Well, they're too expensive. And you're right. They're geek. They're kind of kind of dumb. Uh, meanwhile, uh, this is just the last thing I have. You heard of the no hesitation targets? No, I'm sure you I haven't. will. <laughs> so the Department of Homeland Security has a contract with this company who makes something called no hesitation targets. And the no hesitation targets are... Uh, pictures or targets, essentially. You know how you have a target, you can get a silhouette, you can also get a shooting target that is, 
Um, you know, you can get Bin Laden. You know, you have some of the shooting ranges have you know have some funny ones. But the Department of Homeland Security and several police forces have contracts with this company uh, for the so-called no hesitation targets. Well, we're just wondering if it was true or not. We do have targets, yes. That uh, uh, no hesitation target. I'm assuming that you're speaking of. Right, and it has pictures of pregnant ladies and women, and it's a pregnant woman on there. Yes. Why is that? Targets. Um, it's it's a requested law enforcement tar- uh, tar- target for training. Why would the law enforcement have to train to shoot pregnant women? Sir, I, I think you'd have to call your local law enforcement agency to find that out. So when you see these targets, John, there's like an old geezer with a shotgun. There's a you know like a young schoolgirl with a Glock. Yeah, I know what these are. These are those targets that you have these uh, real kind of augmented reality things you walk through, and then a uh, pops a pregnant woman, and you have yeah. like one second to shoot her or not shoot her. Yeah, but these all have the pregnant woman with a gun, so you're supposed to shoot her. It's so oh, you... it's a pregnant woman with a gun. Yes. Oh, that's great. And these are sold to the law enforcement, so they it's called no hesitation. So you see the pregnant woman, but you see the gun, and you know immediately, I have to shoot the bitch. That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, hilarious. That with the well, billi- That's like what happened in L.A. where they're trying to track down this, this character, and they shot some poor... Some Mexican house cleaner, you know, some woman like it's like that looks like a Droner, Groner, whatever his name was, Dorner, Dorner, Broner. It's slave. It's practicing slave shots. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, they assume everybody's out to uh, shoot them. Well, I think it's we're all in a security state. This is a terrible police state that we're we're, we're in. It's it's amusing if you stay out of their way. Yeah. Stay out of there. So what do I just stay inside with my ham radio? Yeah, that's what most people do. <laughs> Hello, I'm Adam out here in Texas. Hello, I have a platinum pass to South by. You can't shoot me. I got 300 bitcoins. <laughs> I'm I am a sovereign citizen with my bitcoins and my ham radio. Come to think of it, I'm prime. I should have yeah, a, you are your target. I should have a big hairy dude. No hesitation target. All right, people. Well, thank you so much for showing up in the chat room in the morning to y'all. Highly appreciate your hilarious feedback, as always. I've been reading along a little bit. And, uh, John, thank you. And I think that uh, the, the the new system sounds okay. Uh, we'll uh, tweak it a little bit to make it even better for the in, upcoming on, program. On the next newsletter, we'll discuss some more things, such as the uh, shortening of this segment. But we're not going to do it right away. Which So take advantage of that. And also, I will put in the beet soup recipe that I was once famous for. Beet soup recipe. Make sure you sign up. You can find it in the show notes. Coming to you from the Travis Heights hideout in Austin, Texas in the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where it's takeout to trash day uh, Thursday, I'm John C. Dvorak. We will talk to you again on Sunday right here on No Agenda. The best podcast in the universe. Dot org slash N A